Oh my god, we're back! Or at least me, to you, to us, we're back. But to you, we're back, I guess, as well. We're back to everyone! Face my backside! <laughs> okay. Uh, and freshly meat filled, apparently. Freshly meat-filled. It's 2019, it's about time. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the Problematic Sticker Podcast is back. We've been away a while, like a month or so. But. I feel like we've all been tired with other stuff because seasonal stuff is the worst. I'm glad the fucking holidays are over. I fucking hate the holidays. New Year's every year. We're ready for the animes. We missed it. We're ready to stick stickers on stuff and talk about stuff that we shouldn't talk about on something like this. And we're so thankful, God, that Stephen doesn't actually listen to our podcasts. (laughs) Thank you, Stephen. Don't listen. Don't ever listen. So, animes. Mob Psycho's back. Dragon Ball has hit the cinemas. All of the good stuff and more. Including the fact that Dragon Ball is one of the best-selling animes ever. Uh, So, but of course, before we go into the news, information, and what we've been watching, which has been a few things, because we have the stuff and listened. Um, Tim, how are you? Hi. I'm okay. Are you excited to be back on the Problematic Sticker Podcast? I'm always excited for problematic things. We finally stopped back up on stickers. It's taken two months because they were on back order because of Chris, but we finally got them back and we're back. Hey, hey, it's not. It doesn't matter that we ran out. The point <laughs> is, is that we used them all and it was a profit. Yeah, the Bad. company's like, thank you. <laughs> the um, company thanks you. <laughs> so, Tim. The Commonwealth, thanks, Kim. <laughs> have you been? What have you been watching? Have you been watching the animes? I watched the anime this week. I wanted to watch. I watched be a little bit more JoJo's right? again. Yep, be the beginning. Yeah. Also watched some more JoJo's because you know fan service. I got to go into JoJo's after mm. what you described it as earlier. Mm. Yeah, boy fan service, I not like girl fan service. Fan service. So, so, sounds sexist now. Oh, uh, you haven't watched it. I'm going to send you a gift. of you, Tim. Gary, I'm going to send you a gift, and if it does nothing for you, then you're the straightest person I know. <laughs> Don't send me the one where he's licking the lollipop all weird and shit. Oh, I'm oh sending God. you the one where he's licking the lollipop all <laughs> weird. Yes. Can you send it to me? I want this gift. Oh, okay. I'll send Actually, it to you. Actually, send it to me as an image so I can add it as our logo for this week's episode. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. Look at that. JoJo's lollipop gif. Uh, Google. Oh my god. Hang on. <laughs> please, uh, well, Tim was back, in, I knew it was... back in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, I, it... 15. No, I'm already... Yeah, 15 minutes. Man. Try 15 milliseconds. No, he, he's, he going needs... to Ar- he's going to Arby's right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a meat craving. <laughs> well done. You know, he, he wants that meat mountain. Yeah, it's a meat craving. <laughs> It's very specific and stuff his face full of meat. Among um, other orify. Yeah. Actually the plural is orifices. Yeah, orifices. Orifice. It's, not, Orify. yeah. it's not a it's not a Latin word. Uh, Fantastic. See I learned something you learned something new. See you learned everything in the anime together. podcast. Yes. I'm I'm always here just in case there's the point four percent chance of there being a need for an English brain. <laughs> Yeah. We always need your brain, Tim. Your brain. It's not just for the English parts. No. Wait, are we talking... Wait, you eating my brain? I give a good Brains. brain. <laughs> Brian's! 
Yes. <laughs> yes. I put it in... There, there's the gif. There there's the is. gif then. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shit. thank you, JoJo's, for opening my eyes to my truth. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen that gif. That's a good gif. Yep. I'm pretty confident that the, the, the meme and gif presence of JoJo's is so vast that you probably have seen most of JoJo's without actually watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. That is a fine gif. <laughs> that is a fine gif. <laughs> that, really, that gif encompasses the entirety of JoJo's. Dude, and do you know hashtag. JoJo's is going to be in Jump Force coming out next month on February 15th? Yeah. Ooh, there we go. There's some news. <laughs> <laughs> we promised news. I gotta news. tell you. That was... The fact that JoJo's is now in Jump Force makes me want Jump Force. Like, I didn't really care until JoJo's. You know if you buy Jump Force, I'll buy Jump Force. You're going to buy Jump Force anyway. No, I wasn't sure myself. Oh. I only wanted really? it because of Yugi. I thought you were going to say you, but yeah. never mind. Well, I want it now. <laughs> well, I said I'll buy it if you buy it, so technically. I mean, I'll probably end up buying it anyway, but. Well, you, you guys already started this with Xenoverse, so now yeah. Jump Force would be perfect. There are no bad characters on this roster, Kaiba. Yeah, except for maybe <laughs> Trunks. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah, you. Um. Yeah, you win. <laughs> uh, future failure trunks. There's androids coming, guys, in the future. What do they look like? Oh my god! Some purple splodges. Yep. And I don't know what they look like, even though they murdered everyone in my timeline. I don't know what. Yeah, you watched them murder your mentor, but you don't can't remember what they look like. I can't remember what they look like, guys. And they themselves made you turn Super Saiyan. Inadvertently. They, they, they do get hit on the head a lot, so I'm not surprised brain damage may occur. Another. I mean... And Trunks I, is the Trunks pretty boy, so he's not supposed to be the like smart one. a really bad yep. drawing like Jacko did for Freezer. Imagine if, they, <laughs> if Trunks had just like, okay, they look like this, and then had like a crayon picture of Android 17 and 18. But give it 17 the blonde hair instead. Well, like, see, that, that's like... <laughs> That's like Rukia in, in Bleach, how she's yeah. always making drawings and yeah. things like that. Like, yeah, trunks. So the androids look a bit like this, and then, you know, I have a picture of Android 17 in, like, Android 18's uh, outfit, and the other, yeah, the, do the gender bender version of 17 and 18. So when they okay. turn up, they're confused. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, must, you must be Jihachigo. No, I'm Jinanago. <laughs> Just don't make Super 17 that fuse with 18 cannon because that's just the horrible, most horrible thing ever. Well, Tim was excited to fuse two Super 17s together until he actually saw how it happened in GT and then it yeah. turned him off. Uh, yeah. So Gary, well, no, I, I, mean, I feel like too. Fusion. What do you mean? He got, he got long hair. It's easier to pull from the back. Oh, my God. I still like the fusion. <laughs> I just don't like... I like the fusion, but not the execution. Have you like seen Ryan's. the fusion of 17 and 18? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. In what context, Ben? Because, yes, <laughs> but not what you're not, I, I just doubt it's what you're talking about. Uh, but they're brothers, I guess. Uh, I'm not going to kink shame. Incest they're is best. Oh my god, don't. 
anime podcast. And this is why Tim hasn't or Chris hasn't been on the podcast for a long time. <laughs> you know, I'm actually I'm enjoying the mystique that surrounds it because when I disappear after saying something awful or making a terrible joke or just general fuckery. They never, you know, you know, people wonder, like, did, yeah, did he go to prison? Did they kick him off the show? Like, what's going on? And no, then I, and then it, I come like, back. When you come back, it's because we've finally saved enough money to bail you out. Especially <laughs> with fan fiction. <laughs> and then I come back with even more experience and more horrible things to and share. Then we have to save I get it. Another... I get it. <laughs> but we love you, Chris. Don't change. I, I, I never can at this point. That's good. <laughs> So, um, Dragon Ball. I know we're going to talk about Broly after the podcast, by the way. Um, I've decided that because I haven't listened to it, well, I haven't watched it, I haven't listened to it as well either, you know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to listen to the um, then talk about the Broly stuff, even though I've pretty much spoiled the movie myself. I just don't want to. Because I don't want to, I might have spoiled most of the story, but I don't want to spoil my expectations. Yeah, and you definitely don't. That sounds weird, but, you know. The fight, the fighting itself is something I wouldn't want people to yeah. spoil for themselves either. Gary, Gary, Tim, and I have all seen the seen the movie, and because it's fresh in North America, we really want to spill our guts yeah. about it. So, so for I, those that in North yeah. America that haven't seen it or will be seeing it soon, or and for those in Europe who haven't been able to see it because it's not out yet because the world hates us, um. Because it's out on the 23rd in the UK. Well, though, there was early at premiere stuff if you'd got tickets, but they were limited. Um, so 23rd and 24th is when it comes out. It's really annoying because li- there's literally one showing on the 23rd and one showing on the 24th. Dum, 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 dum. Yeah, there's a whole two showings in most cinemas in England. And there's only six cinemas in England showing it. So I, I, don't, I don't think that anime hates you guys. I, I just think that... You guys aren't excited enough about anime. It's sold out. <laughs> See, okay, okay. My, let me change my point. You guys, the anime fans in the UK, are excited enough, but yeah. I don't think that they're seeing enough of like early on revenue just yet, like they are in North America. Well, yeah, they... to actually start doing like yeah. you know those things. It's it's coming. I think you guys, the market is increasing. You guys, it, you guys are coming, but just not soon. <laughs> Also for uh, <laughs> well, you know, it didn't take till 2010. I think it was 2010 or 2011 that we actually got our first official release of Dragon Ball Z. So mm-hmm. that's Not when the we big finally. That's when we got no, no. They um, released you know, the, the, <clears throat> the like the DVDs. Mm-hmm. That was the first time we ever got an actual purchasable release of Dragon Ball. 2010. My God. Yeah. I, I mean, we can't say much here because it did take us a lot. Well, like I said, we got yeah. it sooner than you guys did, but you guys are on the way. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the fact that you're getting it like a week after yeah. is an improvement, but oh, it yeah. still sucks. And like, I was expecting like, so like my hero was a couple of months, if I'm brightly. So I was expecting like a month or so. Oh my God. You know, I still have not seen the My Hero. I haven't either. came out last year. Ugh, I need to. Uh, we need to talk, see it and talk about it sometime. We do. Release it on the <laughs> Blu-rays Funimation. Also, release a big green dub version of My Hero because why not? Yes, please, yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> the big gay star has betrayed. <laughs> I know that's not big green, but I think of that now whenever I think of big green. It's old. <laughs> uh, the big gay star. <laughs> the big gay star. The big gay oh, star really? let me cheat erections. How could this be? 
No wonder Tim likes Cougar so much. <laughs> it's those big bulging biceps. Exactly. And he's cooler. Now, see, I, I thought I thought you were a fan of Power Frieza and his big bulginess. Anyway, last I heard that the Dragon Ball movie has reached seven million sales in America on the first day. Yeah, number one movie. Yeah, yeah. it's beating the Aquaman's. Aqua well, Fresh. Aquaman's been out for four weeks. Yeah, still, <laughs> it's an anime movie. But yes, it is. It's, no, it's it's beating out a lot of new releases, which yeah. is fucking incredible. It's it really tra- it's it's not going to beat Pokemon, but it's just it's going to get close, which is crazy. You know, you never know. Combined, it might do it. Uh, it's beating the lot combined sales of all the other previous Dragon Ball movies, though. Because Broly, Broly, yeah. Broly, Broly. Well, I don't think it's just Brawl. It's because people now watch, oh, you yeah. know, all of Super and all that, and yeah, yeah, Dragon Ball Super. Oh, I can't wait till you guys can talk about it, so I can sit here and not listen to it. <laughs> That's going to be my favorite part. I think it was what was it fifty four million so far worldwide. I think that's the last uh, number I, I saw. I haven't looked at the numbers yet. Well, yeah. I can look right now. Yeah, I think 54 million was the last number I heard. Which is like 20 million off Pokemon. So, we'll see how it does worldwide. Um, so, yeah. Um, what other news? Mob Psycho's back. We're going to talk about that next week with the weeklies. Um, Mob Psycho 100, isn't it? Yay! Tim, you excited? For the most part, I'm a little worried just because Madhouse Studios isn't in charge of animation anymore, and I don't know. We'll see. I've been a little apprehensive to start it again, the second season. We'll see. Chris, do you like Mob Psycho? I, I, I've, I've seen the first two episodes. Nice. Fucking awesome. Again, I'm so happy that back and the and that Mob is back and Reagan is back and he's as awesome as he ever was and uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Uh-huh. I love it so much. Um, also, Reagan the is person that tweeted um, that we're gone. We're not gone. We're back. Um, I forgot who tweeted. So- I'm sorry, I didn't write your name down. Um, but thank you for tweeting the fact that you asked if we're we've gone because that made my, me smile that someone cared. Yeah, we love you a long time. We love you, person that tweeted us. Thank you so much. Yes, indeed. And if you listen to this and it was you, oh, I've got hiccups now. That's, um, <laughs> that's what. A, if, you, no, if, it was you, if you're listening, I have hiccups now. <laughs> he's, that, that means he's thinking about you. Give us a tweet. Uh, ooh. And I might give you, say, a little reward, maybe, as a thank you. Ooh. Little like, wink, wink, nudge, I don't know. Nudge. If you've got PSN or Xbox or Steam, I'll give you like a voucher. So, contact us and I'll give you a voucher for either PSN, Xbox, or Steam, or whatever you use. Maybe you've got Android, maybe you've got I, 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 Apple, whatever. But I shouldn't reward you for having Apple products, but still. Hey. <laughs> huh? Huh? Hashtag. Okay, so I got, I got the numbers, if you still want them. Yeah, we want those numbers. Okay, so, Brawley in the US and Canada on opening day 
did seven million. That's nearly over nine million. Which is <laughs> uh, more than the combined uh, of the top ten movies on the list. Wow! Uh, so it did more than all the other movies combined on the first day that yeah. were still playing in the theaters. I remember um, it was a limited release as well. Yeah, so seven million it topped uh, Resurrection of F, which came out with, to a one point nine seven million. So. That's a massive jump yeah. uh, from Resurrection F. My, um, fellow, my fellow Dragon Ball fans, you've made me proud. You've shown that you really, really do love this series. Yeah, it's estimated to do around $15 million in the first week uh, here in U.S. and Canada. That's not counting Europe yet because it's not yeah. even out yet. Uh, but it has already done $57 million internationally. Wow. That's not even counting the... Seven million on the first day, plus the fifteen that it's estimated to do. So, good work, yeah, Dragon Ball. It's it's freaking huge, and good time for anime, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, eclipsed the uh, My Hero opening, which was crazy as well. Okay, so here is oh, okay. I just found a website that updates you. Uh, daily, oh. so it has now officially done 21 million domestically, um, internationally 54 million. So combined, it's done over 75 million. That's Fantastic. more than Pokemon, then. I think. I think Pokemon was close to 75 million. Mm-mm. That's Mm-mm. crazy. That is... Yeah, I think I think it has surpassed it. Yeah. Wow. And that was Pokemon in its heyday, by the way. I'm not talking about like a new one. That was like the first, the first and 2000 movie where it's like the hypest shit. Mm-hmm. That is mental. Good work, Dragon Ball. They used the Dragon Balls to resurrect that franchise, and it worked. They they used a franchise that has been dormant for over 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll go to done. Does that mean That's I'm finally going to get my favorite reboot? Are we going to get a new Captain Scarlet and the Mistrons? Yes. <laughs> I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I never watched it. It's even older than I am. But, uh, um, da, da, da. Uh, Captain Scarlet. I hope, I hope this means that we'll get more animes in theaters here. I oh, mean, yeah. It almost has to. But how, what animes would actually work? I don't know if that's a little discussion quickly, actually. Well, Studio Chibi has always released their stuff in yeah. theaters, but it's been incredibly limited. Um, but I'm talking like, but... is Dragon Ball's like a weekly anime? What would really, I guess, a bigger One Piece anime movie? I can't really think of anything that would. Like One Punch Man. I love One Punch Man, but I don't think that would do well as an actual movie. Um. Mm-hmm. They well, My Hero Academia did well. Yeah, but obviously not to this level. But yeah. I don't know. I guess it's something we'll have to see. I'm just saying, like in general, I think this yeah. opens it up a lot. That I hope a lot of animation studios are looking at this and be like, "Yeah, it's the Dragon Ball franchise, so it has the name behind it." But I hope this doesn't, you know. I hope this encourages them to, you know, try and at least put something on a big screen like this. 
Have a little faith. Have yeah. name behind it. Yeah. Have a little confidence. Make it a love. Get down tonight. Yay. References. <laughs> so, we're skipping the weeklies because the fact that we have quite a lot to discuss with Be the Beginning and which is our weekly anime because we discussed this off the cast because we wanted something to talk about. And we also have the Dragon Ball Broly special discussion stuff. So we're going straight to be at the beginning with our sexy Tim to talk about it. Because it was his choice, I think. I guess it was my choice. Um... <clears throat> I'm not really. It's been a little while because I watched it on Monday and I just binged the shit out of it, and then I saw Broly and everything changed. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, it's really uh, okay. Well, well how, what inspired you to? Was it the whole fight with Gary that we always do that inspired you to like? No, you're going to watch this, and we're going to we're going to talk about why it's so bad. Like, like, how did you come about choosing it? Well, it was something that I had come across a few times on uh, Netflix, you know, just in my queues and whatever. And I went, oh, okay, that, that, that banner looks interesting. Okay. And then I, I don't know, I ended up doing some more digging. You know, it's kind of like, eh, okay, whatever is cool. And then I was watching this guy on YouTube, um, guy, uh, Giguk. And he does a bunch of uh, anime videos just all over the place. And he's just hysterical and great and wonderful. And, um, he said something about the anticipation that was built up between uh, before the fight between um, like, Izanami uh, and uh, what's his name? Izanami and, and uh, uh, the main character's name is Koku. Yeah, the, Koku, Koku, yeah. The like the first three episodes, I guess, is when that was, and I didn't know. And I'm thinking, oh man, this is gonna be like the final fight and I and he the way he talks about stuff like that is when he talks about something that he's really intimately you know invested in and mm-hmm. I thought wow maybe I I should check this out maybe this is the time and I wanted to watch it so I I suggested it because you know I didn't know what I was getting into but I figured if I wanted to watch it might as well you know force a bunch of other people to watch it <laughs> good, um, good plan yeah but um I don't like. I guess even like looking back at it now, like I, I had a lot of whimsy watching through the whole thing. Um, a lot of really cool ideas put in it. You have um, that like odd detective that just seems to know everything, and then you have you know like the the general status quo around him to make him look better. And you yeah, know, it, uh, there's a lot Flick. of <clears throat> Keith Flick. When that's a pretty like. 90s action character name. <laughs> Detective name, right? <laughs> <laughs> Keith Flick, and like he's the only person with an Americanized name, or a, a Western name, mm-hmm. and everyone else has, you know, Eastern names. And Well, his, his middle name is Kazama, I guess. That's, that's true. Obscure but, point. <laughs> but everyone calls him Keith Flick after that one reference of his middle name. Yep. Keith Flick. <laughs> um... And I guess if I'm going to complain about a couple things, like, his character isn't, like, super consistent either. Like, you know, he, he has this, sen- this general mastery about the situation that's going on, and it's kind of peculiar. Like, he's just super aware. And you kind of understand later, you later, you understand later on why he 
is so uh, like on point most of the time. It kind of has that like Metal Gear twist in the fact that like it's not just him guessing it or observing things. It's like certain things are, you know, going that way because he's being directed as well. So it has that Metal Gear esque type of effect to it. He's a. Uh... Um, I felt I felt a little bit of like how Death Note was, where it's uh, he, he, you have this genius kind of not main character, but he, he is a main character, and he he is a genius, genius detective, and he plays that role really well. Gary had even mentioned that they got the same voice actor, English voice actor, uh, to do him that they always do for like the detective in like every anime series. And he's very, um, I think he's very, very uh, cookie cutter perspective, or cookie cutter detective in a lot of that regard, is that he's, he's very smart, but he's very um, in his own world. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a trope. And not mm-hmm. just like anime trope, it's like a general storytelling trope. Um, I don't know, like, I'd say he's interesting enough to get by with it in the first couple episodes, and like once he starts getting grounded in things, it's fine. But he doesn't like stick with it, and I wish that if it, you know, he had been more consistent in that. Like, if he were so aloof, he would still be, you know, more directed in different fronts. But yeah, he, he worked well. He worked well because of the characters around him, including the uh, um, the, the the main an- the main well, I don't know how I want to put it, the main antagonist of yep. the human side of things, not the main antagonist of the, shall we say, the, 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 the Koku's world. <laughs> yeah, the is non-Koku. That, that's, yeah, that's how, that's how this kind of broke down, is that you have these two main stories, kind of, and they just cross over at points. And, and it creates a lot of confusion as a whole to the point where you watch the series... And you'll be thinking about it for days later, and kind of pieces will start to fall into place, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, I get it now. And that's not really for everybody. Um, I enjoyed it. I did, too, in general. <laughs> um, but there were a lot of times... There, like, there were certain things, because um, it, it's that sense of that feeling that people get when they, like get so invested in certain aspects of shows they just kind of like ride along the weird shit just to get to more of the stuff they like mm-hmm. and I had I had a lot of that in Be the Beginning like nothing was super like back breaking for me but there was a lot of like I don't really know what's going on but it doesn't really seem to matter in what's actually going on so like whatever it's just wasting like 10 minutes I don't know uh, a lot of that comes back after though you're like oh wait that wasn't actually yeah such a it's just such a waste. <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't say, you know, then like yeah, like generally like there's not much wasted because it's only twelve episodes, right? But yep, um, which is kind of nice because I feel like something like this having too many many more episodes would have just made it redundant as fuck. Um, yeah, but you have that thing where you have these like two narratives going on and two stories running kind of alongside, meeting every once in a while, and it there are a lot of things that don't get touched on, which is kind of fine because it leaves a little bit of whimsy, but um, like, I don't really quite understand things like, like the rules of the, the deities and the powers and stuff. I don't really quite understand all that. Um, Like the, (laughs) yeah, 
that, and I think that they kind of left that purposely um, mysterious, but not not in a good way. Because yeah, no. we're just kind of finding out, like, well, can, can I wax on for just a minute about this? Because I want to, I want to, <laughs> I want to get to. Um, I really want to hear both of your guys' opinions on this because, well, and and. You're, I'm just waiting for, I'm guy, waiting for yeah. Gary. So, yeah, I'm waiting. That's kind of what I'm doing. I'm waiting for <laughs> Gary. Because when I, my first introduction to this was just, I, I opened up Netflix and it was another one of those where thing that came up in my, you know, what's new you might like feed. And I watched the opening trailer and they had talked about, and all they showed really was there's like the serial killer out there named B and Keith is the main character, and he's got to be the detective to bring it down. And I'm like, oh shit, a cool new like paranoia agent, like a story about you know a detective trying to catch a serial killer. Yeah, I like those. I always like those. You know, those are always fun because it's like two geniuses in a chess match. Those are always the best. Death Note, I Saw the Devil, Psychopaths, Yugi. But like, so I got I got excited. For and then you watch the first episode, and they reveal who B is right in the beginning, like in the first 15 minutes. So, okay, they marketed it because that's not what this is about. This is about uh, this genius detective trying to solve an ages-old case, believing that uh, this B, who has been, who everybody's saying is this serial killer on the loose, is his main target. Um, and it turns out learn about B, who is actually Koku, the protagonist of the story, um, has his own stuff that kind of intertwines with Keith's past and who he is, and he's, he's basically a superhuman god type character. Because your first introduction to Koku is he's walking on the roof of the building and then he jumps off. And you're just like, oh. And that's his daily routine. Like, okay, so he's a superhuman. Of some sort. We don't know. And then... And then the story starts opening up, and you have, like, you know, you have supporting character, like, uh, Lily, who I absolutely loved. I thought she was a great, strong female supporting lead, um, mm -hmm. because she, she was smart. Um, she does kind of get into the damsel in distress mode later on in a really tense scene between um, the, uh, the real serial killer and... Because uh, there is a serial killer aspect to this that was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't expecting it. Uh, when they started opening up into the secret society thing and the Joker gang and all, all that stuff, I was like, okay, so it's in this, and there's no slight wording. And that, yeah, well, no, I like it. It is a, it is a very good description of this game. Because if you were to take the Jokers from Batman's personalities and set them all up into these characters, that's basically who you'd end up with. You'd, you'd have the mastermind, you'd have the shadow mastermind, you have the insane psychopath that wants to eat people, um, you have the expert killers. I mean, it's, they're, they're a really good bunch. Not a whole lot of depth to them in the story, I felt. Um, but it, once you find out kind of who's orchestrating everything and who's pulling the strings behind everything and what this secret society really is and what Koku was a part of, the story comes together in a pretty interesting way. And there really isn't a whole lot that ended up pissing me off in the end about it, like, everything down to the music, the action scene, even though it was a final scene that was telegraphed from miles off, basically, like, the third episode, mm -hmm. because you're waiting for it to come up, and it doesn't until the final 
attack in the final moments of the of that big final. Oh yeah. So you see it from a mile off, but it's still. It, I don't feel like it was incomplete. Like I felt everything came together well. Now that that's my opinion, and, and Gary finally watched it. He really he hated everything about it, and I really wa- I really want to hear what you didn't like about it, Gary. No, honestly, honestly, I, I'd like love to hear your opinion on on something that you hate but that I love. I won't say I hated every single thing, but the majority of it. Um, okay. <laughs> God, where to start? Um, the story. I do not understand how this story could be enjoyable. Because, like you said, it has these two different stories being told at the same time. And and to me, I just felt like the connections you were talking about are forced connections to make it into one story. You have a story about a detective who's a genius who like every typical anime detective in every goddamn anime in existence thinks he's too smart for everybody else and wants to do every single thing on his own because everybody is too stupid to be on his own. I'll be honest, he just reminds me of Elf from Death Note in a way. Exactly. Every anime that has a detective like this acts exactly the same way. And the the same voice actor. (laughs) (laughs) And the same voice actor, apparently. You have a team that's supposed to be helping him that is utterly worthless up until that show demands that they become useful, which is the last two episodes of the show, if even that. And you have a female character who I enjoyed at first, and then I started to see what I did not like about her. And that is the fact that she... Once again, like every anime of this type, acted exactly the same as the main female character of those animes where she falls in love with this detective who calls her dumb, stupid, moronic almost every episode, tells her to get out, and she falls in love with him. And then when everybody points out that she's in love with him, she gets shy and runs away and, or changes the subject or gets angry. It was right. dumb. It was Wait, overdone. That's not how you get relationships. That's how I got all my relationships. All my relationships come the, come through. Well, they end up the same way as the as the main serial killers do. You know, but um, uh, uh, you just rig them for to hit for them to end you, or uh, <laughs> <laughs> I play a long chess game in where in, in which I know that my <laughs> that the, my opponent will eventually come for my life. Uh, no. And it comes down to how it's written, too. Like, you talked about, you know, Keith's inconsistencies. And it's so obviously done, like, episode-to-episode basis. Because here he is pretty much treating everybody like shit, like he's the greatest thing in the world. And then... What is it? Episode nine. He tells you know the actual serial killer that he's gonna catch him this time because he has a team helping him. He's gonna do it with a team. Yeah, he grew as a character. What's wrong with that? He didn't grow as a character because he still told everybody they're useless. How is that growing? And And then at the end, he still (laughs) did it on his own. He still said, "Screw you guys! I'm gonna go do it on my own." What is the point of that whole conversation he had when it was still all about him? (laughs) 
He put his trust in Koku, though, to carry out his plan in the... His plan had nothing to do with what he wanted. <laughs> you know that what whole story are, Gary, right? has nothing to do with what he was going on here. The main it's serial killer was the, was the one who was orchestrating everything, though, and that's where it ties into... Because they needed to tie in what should have been a good story about a guy trying to catch a serial killer. Ep the first half of episode one, episode nine, and episode eight are the only good episodes of this show. Because they took away all the stupid shit about demi-humans, cloning people, whatever the hell they did, stupid sarcophagus crap that they had to translate to create these superhumans, and all they did was become insane because they couldn't drink gold. Yeah, the gold fluid that they had to oh. stick in their eyes. To that one, oh, where? The, the, where is the, this from? The Black Demon King, whatever the hell that is. All stupid bullshit crap that never should have been in this show. All it did was distract everything from the main story. Who is the main character? Is it Keith? Is it Koku? It's supposed to be Koku. And it's, it's about Koku's journey to, to find his lost love from this organization that, that's part of this organization or something. Like, he's got his own goals and morals and things that he feels he needs to do. And when he comes across... Keith, and they realize that their pasts and their futures now intertwine, it's only through Keith that he can... Through Keith and his interaction with um, Inza, uh, Izanami, whom I really want to hear Tim's opinions on, through that kind of whole... Their relationships in the past, which led to these results in the future, and before the end of it, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if Koku's gonna survive his final battle. You don't know if Keith is gonna survive his final battle. And it's... So instead of, like... In my opinion, instead of doing, like, a big prologue thing, which most animes do, I like this because they don't really show you everything up front. They don't show you people's pasts until later on when it actually matters and, you, and you're beginning to understand why everybody's plans are starting to turn into what they are. I'm not saying it's done great. I'm just saying it was done different enough that it actually did really keep my interest into, like, who done it? Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why, why, is, why is this happening? Who were these kids? Like, it all, it all kind of comes together for me, it, it did, despite the tropes. Despite to me, tropes. it completely gets in the way of the story. Mm. It's completely unnecessary, and it didn't have any purpose. In my opinion, it served no purpose in having this story. Because he's trying to save a girl that only appeared in three episodes that I don't give a shit about. Because it no, literally, they did nothing for me to care about this girl that he's trying to find. Nothing. But it's the same thing. It's my same problem that I had with Cowboy Bebop. I'm supposed <laughs> to feel bad about what happened to him at the end? Why? Why should I... Why, why am I caring about what happened to him at the end when the main story... Of this 13 episodes of how, or however long Cowboy Bebop is, one episode is dedicated to his fucking backstory. And I'm supposed to give a shit about it. Well, yeah, because I'm, he's the main no. character that you went along with all, these, all this entire journey. Did they, did they not do a good job of making you want to care about these characters? No. They, I, I literally did not care about a single character in this show. Not a single one of them. I literally could not care less. You have Nothing the, at the all. dude, wow. the, the typical 
guy who's dressed like a 40s gangster with this fedora wearing freaking <laughs> red and blue sunglasses like he's watching a 3D cartoon or reading a 3D book from the 90s. You got the typical child killers who are surprisingly twins, which, again, exists in almost every anime. You have the wrong, the long hair badass dude who freaking sits there like he's some princess all the time talking about how amazing he is when clearly he isn't because he just gets his ass kicked in like one hit, which is what he, what happened in here. <laughs> Thinking he's all this incredible badass who also looks exactly like freaking one of the Valentine brothers from Helsing. Mm-hmm. Like literally up and down the exact same design. Yep, Luke um, Valentine. Yep. Yeah. It's well, what, like, about, what about, what about the, I, and I know it was short-lived, but it became very important to the story. What about Izanami um, and, and their interaction with B, which, which was, in my opinion, like one of the best parts of the entire show, the, the whole hotel lockdown thing, and that, that first section where we start to see the, everybody butting heads, like B meets basically one of the first people of this organization, and it turns out to be somebody from his past that he doesn't remember. Um, the, the skateboard girl? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I yeah, they were great. That. Like that whole interaction, that whole fight, and what it leads up to, oh, how it ties back cool. in into the I beginning. Really yeah, it was. It no, was. The, it was awesome. I did the, like the, the fighting, the guy, action but... fights, the, the the actual combat fighting sequences were good. As was the animation. I think the animation was very well done. Oh yeah, the uh, fighting was my favorite part of the whole thing. The fight scenes were great. Like, the action scenes were top-notch. But what was so great about an interaction with a character who only talks in metaphors and you have no fucking idea what she's even saying? Well, she, she is Not trying... Not even B knows what the hell she's saying. The well, only he figures it out. Thing, he figures out because she tells him at the end. He's like, follow the, whatever the fuck the star thing is. That's literally the only... The whole point of that whole conversation was to get that, and she just tells him that. There's yeah. nothing in the, any of the metaphors that she said mattered. And everything mattered because he's, she's, they're trying to wake B up because of this old friendship, this old bond that they had. And so when that's the moment that kind of sets off this chain reaction in this, of these series of events. And if it wasn't for Izanami basically going against the entire organization and doing whatever they could to help out B, it, it, it I mean... It shows that there's more depth to all of these characters than just what there is. And I agree, some of them are underrepresented. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think the tropes took away from it as as as, as I feel like you're saying. Like I, I, I don't know. I found, I found something there more than, more than you did, I guess. But I, I, yeah, I was really curious as to what you, I, I also why, feel you, why you didn't like the it. The idea that Keith knows everything that's going on. He knows who the killer is. He admits to that. He knew from a very long time ago who killed his sister. But he, he did suspicions. absolutely nothing about any of this. He did nothing about it. Nothing. He knew that there was these superhumans who, by the way, did not show any superhuman abilities whatsoever, in my opinion. Um, outside of, you know, jumping across the freaking screen for 30 seconds at a time. That's not superhuman that's, to you. <laughs> well, that, and see, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. The Nothing that were mis- a normal pistol wouldn't have killed them with. But the fact that he knew everything 
from his dad's notebook that these people existed, that, you know, who Koku really was, and that, you know, Koku was going to seek him out sometime. But he literally did nothing about any of it until things fell into place for him to do something about it. He's still an investigator. Just because his dad wrote it down doesn't mean it's fact. That's what I was thinking. Like, he knew about it. He had his suspicions. And unfortunately, he had to wait forever to finally get, um, you, you know, revenge for his sister. Because you can have all these pieces put together, but if they're not, you know, if you can't prove the pieces, you can't prove the puzzle. Yeah. He didn't even investigate the pieces. Did you not see his room? Yeah, did you not watch this anime? <laughs> oh my God. I was going to say, don't say he didn't he investigate. Tore... So much stuff was written. But he, he, he literally, his life, he was such a good detective, and then his sister gets kidnapped and killed. He can't do anything to prove it or really, or really nail the killer. And so he goes crazy and, and just, like, writes, is constantly going over these formulas and, and stuff like a, like, a, like a detective would on that one case they couldn't solve. And for him, it was personal. Yeah, it's a trope, but none of it was out of, at least in that regard, it wasn't out of character for somebody who had experienced a traumatic event like that. I don't think. Because he did, motherfucker went crazy. You saw him first episode, he showed up. His hair was all long and scraggly, his beard... Like, dude, have you taken a shower? How long has it been? Like, what the fuck have you been doing? It's been 3,000 I did believe really solve that. Um, I, when Lily solved that equation on his ceiling, I died a little. <laughs> See what I mean? She was the strong supporting character, and she's, ah. she's like, no, motherfucker, I could figure no, it out. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Oh. She was, no, she was fine the first half of the show when she was, you know, yes. doing things on her own and rebelling. And then yes. everything became the plot, so she became a plot device. Yeah, I, I agree. That happened I the was... entire second half of the show, and I didn't like her after that. I just stopped. I wasn't paying attention to her because there was other stuff I was caring about. Wait, I, I loved Lily in the beginning, in the first half. But once it I took didn't... that turn, when it took that corner, it was she was just a tool. And if she's yeah, supposed to be compared, she's one of my biggest issues with that show. She's supposed to be comparable to the, if her intellect is supposed to be comparable to that of Keith, then why is she being utilized this way? Why is she not just doing shit on her own? Why is, because she put herself in a position where she could, but she was only doing just enough to get more information for Keith to do whatever the fuck he wanted. Mm-hmm. And no. then unfortunately, she becomes the damsel in distress in the like it's kind of a I agree. I agree one hundred percent. It was a very waste of a good character, I felt. Yes. <laughs> what what so Tim, what did you think about uh Izanami? Uh she's the real hero of the show. I don't care what you say. <laughs> yes. I, I'm so happy that you that you like them too. Because when I when I first saw that, I mean I kinda gushed over it just a minute ago, but I really liked everything that that character brought to the show in, in, in every way. Uh, I don't know. It was just something about them that it wasn't, it wasn't just the whole androgyny thing. Uh, yeah. They were skilled. They knew about the past almost in, and, and they were basically teaching Koku a lesson like a mentor would. It's like, if you pull your head out of your ass or you're not going to beat these guys. And that's all I can tell you. Boom, dead. Yeah. Again, tropey, but 
if you do it the right way, I don't think it's so bad. And I really liked Izanami's character for that. I really liked that interaction with Koku. I, I don't know how I felt about Koku, the girl that Koku's after. That was where it really fell short for me. Yeah. And it's that kind of thing where, like, one, one area where Cowboy Bebop does it well is that even though you don't have a lot of investment in the backstory, you have a lot of investment into his character in the now, like into Spike's character. Now you have his sadness, you have his general melancholy, you have his lethargy, you have all of this and all of that. And when you finally get that answer, all those things make sense. Mm-hmm. And they try to do something like that in Be the Beginning, but they don't do it nearly as well enough because they spend so much time trying to tell these two stories. So then it just becomes this general love interest that's like, oh, okay, cool. It's important to him. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of cases. A lot of the special, in a lot of cases, a lot of the, the fights and the special effects and the, the circumstances put behind certain events, like when he's trying to fly up to the base, there's a lot of anticipation for those moments that makes the journey easier to swallow sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's bombastic and anticipated really well, but there's just not the kind of heart put behind them to really put the nail in, like nail it down as a a fine piece of anime. It's just missing polish and refinement and um, I don't like personal investment because it like has touches of it, but it doesn't really like encompass the entire show. Like you hear a little, you, you can kind of tell when the creators are having a good time and then other times where they're just doing things. Yeah. And yeah, more I, often I, than I not, they're just that. doing things. <laughs> At least they're trying, I think. At least they tried with this one and didn't just, like, yeah. toss it all out the window for symbolism like Fate Extra. Ugh. <laughs> I, would like, I would like to see their next project. I'm, it, this reminds me a lot of, um, what is that game? Uh, Bound by Flame that was on PS3. Like, it was riddled with problems, but it still was charming mm-hmm. and had intrigue in it, and I loved the ever-living shit out of it despite its problems. And... Because of that, it made me want to see the other games that they made. And it's, this is a very similar thing. I, I want to see what the next project is for this team. Because if this is the kind of thing they can do, they can definitely do better. Yeah, the, studio, the studio that did it is uh, uh, B Animation. Um, they're in association with uh, Netflix. Uh, I don't know what their newest stuff they're working on is, but I'm hoping that if we do get a second season, you based, on, based on how this ended... Um, I it, it I'll, ended I'll with watching. nothing to continue on. How yeah, did it end? It, it did. The one the one dude came back for uh, what he. Oh, of course. Yeah. You know they they had to continue it somehow. So yep. let's bring back a character that doesn't matter. Oh, yep. It looks like it. It looks like we probably will be getting something more in the future. <laughs> uh, studio Studio IG. Of course. Or production oh, yeah. IG. Yeah. Who has fallen for grace, in my opinion. <laughs> They did cutscenes for Tale of Symphonia, and they I did know. the Ghost <laughs> in the Shell great. series and Psychopaths and Eden of the East. Wow. They're a great yeah, studio, see? and that's why I said Fallen from Grace. <laughs> Blue Seed, I haven't seen. Paula Croix. Oh, Parappa the Rapper, I guess they do have stinkers in there. Oh, Tim, no. <laughs> <laughs> The port on PS4? Yeah, the back is oh. shit. But the original Parker Rapper? No. I'm going to kick punch you right out of this podcast. 
love it. <laughs> replace, me with, replace me with a duck. It's fine. Right. Ben, Ben, you've been quiet. Tell us I've your I've been jumping in every so opinion. often with how I feel. With making fun of Tim and telling him he's a dumbass. Well, you've only talked about the fighting. I, that's all you've said. Well, that's all I, I like really pay attention in, to, if I'm honest. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> that's why I, I enjoyed uh, most of it. I am a simple guy and I like my things. And the fighting was really good, and I loved the anime. It, the the art style for that was brilliant. I I loved the oh, detail yeah. and the animation for all the fight scenes. The rest of the stuff, though. Oh, and the female hacker, she was the best. You know, when, oh yeah. Um, co- conveniently, the only character, supporting character, that did anything worthwhile. Yeah, therefore she is the best. Is she can hack. <laughs> was who? Oh, uh, what was the name? Uh the hacker, the blonde hacker. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, she's fucking awesome. Yeah, she was. She, I loved her. Uh, her setup. That was like she had foot pedals, three keyboards, twelve monitors, and she's just like doing the whole like super yeah. tech detective thing with the hacksaws and the. Yeah. You know, she Kayla. types H A K and it hacks the system. And no, that was actually you mentioned that, and that's yeah. I liked that little bit in early on when the when like the. Like the, Police, like the detectives, realize they've been infiltrated. I, I liked uh, during that where uh, what you call it, the, mm-hmm. um, the episode where they're doing the going to a, I think it's a ball or something like that where they had to save yeah. the the, the um, yeah. governor, and they're like she's like they're like trying to stop her from getting in, and that just pissed her off more. And <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, she goes all uh, like super powered and just like ah yeah. Types on the and, then, <laughs> and then that guy gets killed because yeah. he sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love the fact that she was almost she was pretty much typing with her feet at the same time as she was typing with her hands. Mm-hmm. By the looks of things, or something to do with her feet, Ch- like maybe changing tabs or something. She, but she had like all uh, all I okay, all I want is ten minutes with her. That's all I need. Five minutes. God damn it. Five minutes will do for me. Ten minutes, <laughs> actually no, five minutes to clean up. Damn! <laughs> you make a big mess. <laughs> Ooh, that's a big mess. <laughs> Don't forget to bring a towel. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's clapping or what. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fine, 15 minutes, five minutes for clapping. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, I heard well, Americans like to clap after everything, so. <laughs> well, I'm glad you finally watched a, it. 16 claps. 16. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Gary finally got his 16 pumps off to it. I couldn't even get a heart on. What are you talking about? <laughs> as long as you got the job done. <laughs> Little, little elbow grease is all you need. Uh, so yeah, I've pretty much said what I felt like. I love the fight scenes. I love the animations. Um, yeah. What would you give it? A seven out of ten. I really would. I enjoyed it nice. enough that I I look forward to a second season. Very nice. Say, That's yeah. respectable. Yeah. Stop, uh, people stop sending me friend requests. <laughs> Gary? No. Three out of ten. Damn. Okay, he said three out of five. Okay. <laughs> three out of three. Three three out of ten divided by two. 
Minus one. Uh, Tim. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on Ben and say uh, one, a seven as well. I, it has its flaws, but it has a lot of endearment that though it's not maximally, it's not, its potential is not reached to its maximum, <laughs> but it <laughs> references. Yeah. It was a Broly movie coming up soon. Yeah. It did its thing. Well, I I will give it a I want to give it a seven point five for and the point five extra for me because I think it I think it is roughly a seven but the um the music I fucking love it I I just mm-hmm. I love the music so much I loved even though it was short I loved the opening intro sequence yeah and that ending song called the, it's called the perfect world performed by Marty Friedman with um, Man on a Mission's vocalist Gene Ken Johnny. <gasps> And it was—it's just such a fantastic song that they that they wrote for this. That I—I I, I think it deserves an extra little effort, an extra little oomph. So seven point five for me. I like oh. it. Mm. I still love you, Gary. I just want you to know that. Can you give me back my five and a half hours? Um. Well, hopefully I can. <laughs> uh, hopefully we can give you. How about this? This we can give you a better five and a half hours than you felt this last week. Yeah, we've got to pick a weekly anime. Mm-hmm. Who's going to I just won't pick this anymore. week? Whose turn is it? I, I, I well, lost I feel track. like we've reset, really. We've well, I won't be picking reset, for a long but... time. Cause... Wow. Well, I can't pick because i got to go through all the shit anime I've watched cause so you guys can enjoy something. <laughs> I want to go with Sailor Moon Crystal Season 1. <laughs> none of us, none of us except Tim can watch that. <laughs> what are you talking about? You're the only one that can't watch it, Gary. Do you have Hulu too? Because Gary, Gary's yeah. ben, ben doesn't have Hulu. I'll find a way. Life finds a way. <laughs> Ian Malcolm. Have, have if I have to buy the Blu-rays, I will. I've got a Hulu. I oh, okay. whatever, well, whatever you want. Let me know how. Let me know how it's good because I have no way of watching. <laughs> why don't you just? Why don't you just piggyback off Chris? Yeah. Well, just go over to his house. I know house what and we should it. do. do I'm going to discuss this sometime later in the week. But why don't we have a rabbit night? Yeah, we can all watch it together. A rabbit night? Yeah. Yeah. Rabbit a... is a service that allows you to watch what oh. other people are watching. Oh yeah, I, I've been wanting to do something like that because I think it'd be fun if we talk shit. While we we watch could a do a anime. live anime rabbit night podcast. Yeah, we could watch Fate we Extra. Watch be the beginning again. Fuck, we could watch. We could watch <laughs> Fate Extra and just well, swear the whole time. Let's watch the second season of Fate X of Fate Extra. Man, <laughs> yeah, now that you mention it, that that is so much good. better than Be the Beginning. Let's oh my go God. watch season two of Sword Guy. Okay, and with that <laughs> statement, nobody can respect Gary's opinion ever. So again, better than Be the Beginning. Better than Be the Beginning. Man, if if anybody, man. The, Wait, did he mm. just say Soul Guy Season Two is better than Be the Beginning? He's yeah. trying to say that Season Fate One Extra is, better. is better than Be the Beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, this was well. It's nice having you on the anime podcast, Gary. But Gary's <laughs> 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 now been replaced by Steve the Seagull. Steve the Seagull. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of being the beginning? <laughs> good, good opinion, Steve. Oh, oh look, Steve says it's absolute garbage and you should throw it in the dumpster fire. That looks like Steve the Seagull has been raised by Benny the Badger. 
<laughs> Benny the Badger has the same opinion. You're going to go through animals pretty quickly. Apparently, like Gary lives on Animal Farm. <laughs> I, I am an Animal <laughs> Farm. Why do you think Chris Fike's coming over here? Oh, my God. <laughs> I better to see his dog, so he's not wrong. Uh, I, I love Kai so much. It's, uh, so um, the guy at the top. No, serious, seriously, what? <laughs> well, not that much. Uh, what? Uh, what anime shall we pick? Who shall pick? I am seriously. Are, are, you, are you serious about? Yeah. Seriously, Sailor Moon. I've All right, wanted to watch it. it. Someone did, said I should watch it, so I want to watch it. So Judge it's Sailor Moon. It's Sailor Moon Crystal, Crystal season one. Only the first Let's season because they said it was like twelve episodes. The first season. So. Let's see. Sailor Moon. Mm. You said Crystal is on Hulu? Yep. Mm. JoJo's. <laughs> Chris can do JoJo's because I want to watch JoJo. Mm-hmm. To, to, be, uh, to be JoJo honest, potatoes sound good. Oh my god. <laughs> yep, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon Crystal on, on Hulu. Gary so, fuck it. Let's Go do it first what, season. Is it Hulu.com? Go check out Hulu.com if you want to watch your animes. Such as the Dragon Balls, the Sailor Moons. Um, I can't access it because I live in England, but I will also name some other anime, famous animes you might be able to watch at Hulu.com <laughs> in North American they... and Canadian res- uh, residents, probably. And good news for Gary, Sailor Moon Crystal is dubbed. It's dubbed, Gary. Aren't you Okay, happy? why don't I just go fork over $15 to watch it? Gary, do you want... What if I pay fifteen? <laughs> you want to come over to my house and watch Sailor Moon Crystal with me? You're never home. Yeah. Okay. All those times where Gary has berated you and belittled you for not hanging out with him or talking to him, and then the mm-hmm. time you offer it, he doesn't want to. Yep. Yep. Uh, just saying. Just saying. Just sayings. Just, just super saying. Uh. <laughs> So, we're going to wrap the podcast up now. <laughs> Fake, kind of. Because we're going to... Um, Gary, Tim, and Chris are going to talk about the Dragon Ball Broly movie po- movie stuff. Um, so, Gary, how can they contact you and have you got any shout-outs? Uh, shout-outs to, you know, you guys, as always. Shout-out to Fonzie. I miss you. Want to talk Brawly with you whenever you get a chance. Brawly. Valley, yeah. Um, Klaus, we need you back as well. So hopefully soon. Um, you can reach me on everything uh, at Gagwaush. That's G A G L A U S H. Unless you enjoy Be the Beginning, then go fuck yourself. Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> All right, I guess I'm just gonna be unfollowing. Yep, unfollow. <laughs> Hang on a second. Finally. Let me do this. Finally, unfollow, unfriend, ignore. Uh, Loge. The guys, the guys who never like my comments are unfollowing me. What am I gonna do? Unfollowed. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chris, how can Yo. contact? How can people contact you and follow you? And who? Um, if if for any reason anybody wants to contact me because uh, they're interested in enlarging my penis, you can get me at Twitter at Evangel. <laughs> that's D E V A N G I E L. Um, no, that's something that, I can get in front of. <laughs> I would love to thank my wonderful friends here, you three. 
Yay. I would love to throw a shout out to my other friends here who are not currently here, such as Neil, Alphonse, Klaus, Rin, aka Ernest. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, friends, fans, family. It was awesome to finally get to talk about Be the Beginning. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Burley. Let's talk well, about Burley. Yeah, Tim hasn't done his show outs yet. No, it's fine. I'm not a person. I get it. Let's talk about Broly. <laughs> I want to do my shout-outs also. And I'm okay. the host. Okay. We, I, I can't wait to talk about Broly here in a few minutes after everybody else is done with their stuff. Tim. How's that? Nope, too late. How can they contact you and you've got any shout-outs? Uh, they can find me at Tim Borelli on everything. Basically, it's easy. Um, yeah. Fonzie, I think about you every night. Uh, uh, you can find me at MGR underscore Chili on Twitter. I'd like to shout out to Maelstrom Radio, Twitch.tv, Maelstrom Shout out to Shields at Twitch.tv, Shields at Shout out to Music Cars, Let's Be at Twitch.tv, and shout out to Phoenix Down Radio with the amazing clouds at Twitch.tv, Phoenix Down Radio. Shout out to Moogle Go Around Radio at Twitch.tv, Moogle Go Around Radio. Also, shout out to Checkpoint at Twitch.tv, Checkpoint XP. Also, a shout out to the people that follow us on Twitter and those that asked if we're coming back. We're back, and we'll be back every week from now on. Yep. We're back to a weekly anime podcast. Um, I'd like to shout out to Manga UK for actually bringing Dragon Ball Super Broly out here so fast. I mean, it's not out here yet, but and it, but you know, it's not long now. And they timed it. Could have been better, but you know, I said on the podcast a while back. I don't know if you guys remember it, that they'll release it for my birthday. It'll be a birthday oh, present yeah. for me. And guess what? They're releasing really nice it on my them. birthday. So thank you, Manga UK, for releasing it on my birthday. You listened. <laughs> Everybody listens to your podcast, dude. That's because I'm on so many. They have to. Chili's everywhere, and that's just how we like it. Uh, so anyway. Um, oh, by the way, Naruto to Baruto. I just logged in, and they got a load of free items for New Year's Eve. I just noticed that uh, was cool. Thank you for the free items, Namco. They gave everyone some rice cake accessories and like New Year's t-shirt. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I was going to ask about Dragon Ball I was going to announce, but I can't remember. Oh, the Dragon Ball Action RPG. That got teased. I don't know if you guys heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, find me at uh, MGR underscore Chili. Um, this is the end of the podcast. If you want to listen further, it will be a Dragon Ball Super Broly spoiler um, discussion. So if you haven't listened, have you, if you haven't listened, yeah, have, if you haven't watched the movie yet, uh, or listened <laughs> it with to it with your eyeballs, um, then you know, end the podcast now, and you know you're not going to miss anything. You're not going to spoil yourself. But if you have watched the movie and or you don't care about spoilers, then the discussion will happen right now. Do, 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 do. I don't know who's going to ask. Alrighty. Go ahead. Gary, since, uh, well, well, okay, let me, <laughs> don't, let, don't let, let, let me, let me introduce you. No, no, I don't want to throw you under the bus. I just want to introduce uh. you because I, I want to say thank you to Gary. Gary took me to see the Baroli movie last Thursday night. Uh, I went with, went with him and him and Ed. Um, Gary paid for my ticket, and uh, did you uh, 
pay him in kind. <laughs> yeah, I need to. I need to. I owe him big for because it was fucking wow. awesome. and, But it was it was basically I, I look at it as a birthday present too. So yeah, you so, know you know how he repaid me. He got food without me and ate it. My God. Before I got there. I didn't know when you were going to be there. I was hungry, and it's not like we planned reservations at a restaurant. I just went and got a, a, a small personal pizza from the Pizza Hut there. At the movie. My, my text message was literally, I'm driving, wait. Oh, my God. No, it wasn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, this, it was. this is what I told you about, Tim. <laughs> not even two seconds into the date already, and Gary was already mad. <laughs> but, but, no, but, yeah, it, it was awesome. And so again, I want to thank Gary and Ed for taking me. Love you both, uh, Gary. You you are my you are my shining white knight of Dragon Ball. So please introduce it. Okay. Um. Yeah. Dragon Ball Super Brawly has brought Brawly into the Dragon Ball universe as canon now. Brawly, um, Paragus, his father. We got freaking. Gogeta is now canon. Good stuff. Good anime. Good movie. Not the best, but very, very, very good. What did you like about it? Like, like, uh, okay. like, 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 so like specifics about it. I, I, like, I, I love the, the story in this one. They did a really good job, I think, of fleshing everything out. Um, and giving, um, and giving some personality to Broly, you know? Yeah, uh, so, okay. So, the things I absolutely loved. Obviously, the animations here were night and day compared to, you know, your weekly TV show. Um, but the thing that I th- believe I love the most about this is the first half of the movie. And... You know, the whole backstory of of Brawly and Paragus, we got also a lot of explanation of how Saiyans are pretty much raised. They're pretty much raised in test tubes rather than, you know, in a crib or, you know, being held. Or We don't even know if that's essentially how they're born through just, you know, combining, you know, the egg and the sperm in the test tube. We don't even know if there is any actual intercourse or anything. I, um, I sure hope there's plenty of intercourse. Did you, <laughs> did you see Goku's mom? We oh gotta God. see Goku's, mom. Goku's mom. So adorable. <laughs> oh my God. I, I about died right there in the But yeah, you know, we, we saw how that whole process works. And, you know, it, it's something we knew about, you know, the, the class of the Saiyan and where they go and how they end up. But to actually see it now in the past and how all that was decided, I thought was really, really well done. I loved how Perigus looked like he did in the original Broadway movie when he was younger. Um, I thought that was a really cool throwback to, and like, I guess you can call it an Easter egg in a way. Um, I thought that was really cool. But, you know, we got to see how Frieza became the leader of the Frieza Force. You know, his dad, you know, it's not that Frieza was more powerful than King Cold, it's just that he retired, and he let Frieza take over. And we found out that Frieza is more ruthless than King Cold. King Cold, though was bad, was nowhere near as bad as Frieza was. Um, but that, that was, scene was really cool too. It was. It was a really cool scene. And and you know we saw you know um, 
King Vegeta, who I believe was voiced by Chris Sabot as well, because <laughs> mm-hmm. he sounded a lot like Vegeta. Um, you know, we saw him. We saw his old school scouters that they used to use, which is pretty much like a binocular. Um, and and them deliver these new scouters to them, which was pretty cool. Also, as communicators, um, I loved all of it, and. It was so well crafted in, into Brawley's origin story, you know, and how King Vegeta essentially earned that power. At first, you know, it kind of just seemed like he was jealous because Brawley had a higher power level than than Vegeta. Perhaps that was true, but we saw, you know, towards the end of the movie that what uh, King Vegeta said about Brawley was like his power will be uncontrolled. Oh, you know, we saw that, and Perigus realized that King Vegeta was right away, and he was pissed about it too. He's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, How you know, and for for him and everybody there, maybe except for Goku, um, probably when he was at that young stage, probably would have been the better choice for them because we guessed how powerful he he could become. Um, and I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. And I feel like going into the second half of the show, arrive on Earth and, you know, encounter Goku and Vegeta, like the the craftsmanship that went into the story kind of really just took a backseat. And they started to rush things really fast. And to me, I think it kind of hurt it a little bit. Um, you, yeah, I'll leave you it at that for two now. Acts. You, yeah, and yeah. I, I, I feel like the first act was just brilliantly done. Um, mm-hmm. You know, him landing, you know, Perigus landing on the planet, trying to find his son, and finding out that his son like killed this giant bug that they themselves were too afraid to fight because they knew they couldn't take it down. Um, and, and in a way, kind of learning how Brawly grew up on this planet. You know, Perigus was just this asshole dad who wanted to save his son which you know is very heroic you know it's his son but then you find out that which i should i should also say it's not something that saiyans really care about if your son is low level or anything like that you know who gives a shit yeah, you're garbage because because they're just flown off to a different planet when they're children still to grow up and destroy it that way but to see brawl uh perigus you know really upset about what happened with his son and wanting to go save him, not believing that he could survive on his own, obviously in this desolate crap planet, which is just smoke and fog and giant ass bugs trying to kill you. It's like Starship Troopers planet over there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um it was it was awesome to see. And, you know, he had this big fatherly love for his son, but in the way that he raised him, he essentially raised him for his own selfish needs to get revenge on King Vegeta, not mm-hmm. knowing that the planet was destroyed. And we see, you know, Brawley's rage and this anger, but we also see this kind of kindness he had when he made a friend, the, the giant monster friend that he made um, when he talks to to the, the two people that rescued them. Um, and it, 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 it... Yeah, I don't remember their names. Uh, she, well, the, the, his pet's name was Ba because that's, mm-hmm. that was the noise that it made. It was one of those. Big, it was a big green furry creature that lived on the planet that he landed. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, like he used to play, and it was just this giant creature, basically eat him in one in one gulp if it wanted to. But he's like, I had fun playing with Bob, and like Bob's trying to kill him, like eat him for, <laughs> you know. And he's just like dodging the attacks. He said that eventually, like him and Bob became friends, and his father didn't like that and shot off Bob's ear, um, and that's why he, that's what that uh, pelt around his waist is that he's wearing, which adds to the barbaric look. Uh, yeah, and. That, that that right there, too, encompasses the entire relationship that he has with Paragus now, is that Paragus loves his son, but due to his power, he had to put a fucking shock collar on him and keep him disciplined, otherwise he'd go berserk and potentially kill him. So they just... Yeah. It's not that they want to have this fucked up relationship, but they, they have to, because he has... Paragus has to make Brawly keep him alive but not get so powerful that he'll kill himself. And the only way he can do that is by shocking Broly. And this is the way that he grows up over all these years. So like you said, there's this kindness that, that is there, that like, like Goku yeah. had. And it's just, you know, he didn't get raised in a good environment. <laughs> literally. Literally, he did not have a good environment to be raised in. No, he did not. <laughs> he did not. But... But yeah, uh, as far as uh, the second half goes, um, obviously they brought back a lot of humor and Goku's idiocy is just always, in a way, fun to watch. <laughs> but um, there, this, in, in my opinion, is the second half where I felt where that there is a lot of things they should have done better. And I started to notice a lot of cracks in, obviously, continuity, in my opinion, and what had already been established. And to me personally, the biggest fault of this entire movie is Frieza. (laughs) Before you even say it, I know exactly what you're going to say because I feel the same way. But come, come, free, Frieza getting his ass beat. Well, it's it's not just that. It's I understand why Frieza plays a key role in the movie because of his past with the Saiyans and and you know his Frieza Force are the ones who find Brawly and his dad on this desolate planet. But I think the problem comes in the form of what they're trying to do with Frieza as a character at this point. Because at the beginning of the movie, when well, not the beginning, when we first see Goku and Vegeta, you know, they're fighting, they're training, and stuff like that. All we hear about was the big mistake of letting Frieza live was. Yeah, Vegeta's, like, Vegeta's pissed off at Goku. Yeah, like, super pissed, and the fact that, you know, he's gonna come back, he's gonna try to kill us, and then we find out, you know, he's coming back, you know, he's getting the Dragon Balls, and there's this fear of what his wish was gonna be. Obviously, they (laughs) believe it's gonna be to be immortal, and in reality, his wish is probably single-handedly the dumbest wish anybody could have made in the entire... Oolong's panty wish was more useful than what the wish Frieza wants. <laughs> I knew where you, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> and it it also comes to the to a head with Frieza as a character in this where his 
his entire purpose in this movie was, in my opinion, was to be there because of his connection to the Saiyans. Because here he comes, he comes back, Goku and Frieza already know that he wants to destroy Earth. He wants to kill them. He, obviously, he has this new weapon in Brawly that he wants to test. Frieza, obviously not knowing how Brawly, how powerful Brawly is, thinks you know he's more powerful than him. And it gets to the point in where Frieza, yes, Brawly eventually starts fighting Frieza, and yes, he gets his ass kicked. But in reality, if you look at the situation that's happening. Frieza lasted longer against Brawly than both Goku and Frieza combined. Mm-hmm. He went an hour and 30 minutes, technically. <laughs> and, and, Just, and was still able hey, to keep his golden form. <laughs> he tanked all of that damage, still kept his golden form. And yeah, yeah, this, yeah is, dude. this is technique golden Frieza from Doken Battle at his finest, right? <laughs> Took, um, it, it was just—it was such a perfectly framed scene there, though. Nope, wrong again. Another thirty minutes, ah, and Frieza's just like <laughs> getting like the shit beat out of him. Nope, wrong again. Another thirty minutes, ah, and he's just like, getting wailed on again. And you're like, God, it's, yeah, it, it's yeah, such um, a per—it's such a wonderful joke, but it it does kind of undercut like the power level thing, which never mattered in yeah, the first place, anyways. Because, I guess because it again goes to show like. Is Frieza in golden form powerful or not? Because every since Resurrection F, they have just made him look weaker and weaker and weaker every time they fight him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a a very what word am I trying to find? He's being ripped off, you think? <laughs> I think he is because in Res- Resurrection F, we knew Golden Form was more powerful than Super Saiyan God, Blue. We mm-hmm. saw it. Goku couldn't go toe-to-toe. He lost because he couldn't sustain that level of power. We know now that he could because, you know, it's been a long time. He's learned to control it more. And we knew he can control God power because, you know, in Super, you know, they try to hit him with it and yeah, he was yeah, able the, to control it. The, the yeah. destruct, destruction energy, he, he's powerful yeah. enough to control that. And but still not go, powerful enough. Yeah, but then we go into Tournament of Power, and Golden Frieza is more useless than Master Roshi is in the entire tournament. He gets one-shotted by Jiren at one point. Not only that, like, when he goes Golden, he can't even fight Dispo. Like, he couldn't go toe-to-toe with Dispo. Like, what the hell? Like, why? What, What is going on here? And it all kind of circulates back into this, where, okay, you're fighting Brawly, so obviously Brawly, legendary Brawly, is going to be more powerful than Golden Frieza. But the problem for me going towards the end of the movie is, again, the whole purpose of, you know, Vegeta and Goku arguing of bringing back Frieza and keeping him alive is what happens at the end, where they essentially just let him go. He came back to Earth to watch them die and probably help kill them. And as he's trying to destroy the ship that these two random-ass, unknown Frieza yeah, the... Force soldiers are trying to run away from the planet, 
Gojira just, you know, grabs his hand and he's like, no. And Frieza just kind of smirks like, oh, okay. It's like Frieza is, I don't know, like he's the new Boo, but yeah, he's still evil, but yeah, they know they can take him, so they don't think they need to worry about him. So they just let him go. And it's like every death that's happening right now in the universe should be on Goku's and Vegeta's head. Like, it is their fault that every person that's being killed by Frieza Force is on their head. Because there's a scene after where they're just, they're just <laughs> yeah. massacring a planet of these cute little blue things that are yeah. in their homes. And, and, and yeah, no, it's, it's like, there's something, there's, some, there's another popular series that does that, Gary. What, what is it? What is it? I don't it's, know. It's the core, it's become the core focus of, of the entire, like, Batman thing, is that he never kills. And oh, so yeah. when, when the Joker goes out and massacres people, isn't it Batman's fault because he doesn't fucking stop him once and for all? So yeah. no, I, I agree right here. It's like, oh, well, we'll just let Frieza go again. And, and like Frieza almost becomes this Darkwing Duck type villain where <laughs> each episode he hatches a plan and then, oh, I'll get you I'm Goku and Vegeta. And he's just like, no, 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 don't, don't. This works. I felt that this worked well for this movie. But I don't want to see this become a recurring thing that's happening with Frieza. Like, yeah, where he, he comes to stop them, loses, leaves, because they let him go, and it just, yeah. it just keeps happening. Like, at this point, like, once he saw how powerful Brawly was, I think Frieza realistically should have realized at that moment that he needs to stop Brawly himself because Brawly was going to destroy him. And he should have teamed up with them to stop. That's what I thought was going to happen, to be honest. But instead, he kills Perigus to piss him off, even mm-hmm. knowing that this one guy is probably going to destroy him himself. Like, how does Frieza not know at that point that both Goku and Vegeta can't go toe-to-toe with Brawly, that he thinks he has a chance, knowing that he's not as powerful as they are? I don't think he thought it through, because the type of person that Frieza is... He, Frieza's like one of those master manipulating sociopaths that wants to play the, the, you know, the chess game and move all his pawns into place and just see um, what would happen. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty when he needs to, but that's kind of how Frieza's character's always been in, in my eyes. Um, mm. like, like, he'll let other people do his dirty work until he has to get his hands dirty. And, and in this instance, it backfired on him um, because he didn't, he didn't stop and think through exactly what you're saying. Uh, instead, he wanted to see how far he could pr- push Broly into Super Saiyan, and he knew that based on his experience with Goku, that quick flashback of him killing Krillin would probably be the trick to do it, and that's why. And he made a mistake, basically. He made a stupid fucking mistake, and, and he was overconfident, and, his mis- and he paid for it by getting his ass beat for an hour and a half by somebody who couldn't realistically take on by himself. Yeah, and see, that, that's where my big problem comes in with Frieza, is there doesn't seem to be character growth at this point with him. Because we thought we saw character growth with Resurrection F, where he came back to life, he knew he couldn't beat them, so he's like, okay, I gotta go train to do this. Mm-hmm. So he trained, he got this new form, he came back to try to beat them, but again, he made the mistake of not mastering that. And then we go back with 
the tournament of power where again we see character growth with frieza he knows he has to work together with them to survive Mm -hmm. and he does that and then out of nowhere here comes brawly and he just reverts back to his own stupidity that we saw during the namek where he's overconfident for no reason knowing that these characters are more powerful than he is but somehow he thinks he can control them or win and it's like they did a whole 180 with frieza and just went back to how he was can can i can i on that point, on that exact point, you mentioned the wish, and yes. I like, I get what you're saying, but I really like the way that they frame this, and I think that's, that's how it ties into what you're talking about. Right before we find out kind of what's going on, Bulma tells everybody what her wish was. She was collecting the Dragon Balls. She had six of them. She needed the seventh one, which was located on the um, ice continent on Earth. Surprisingly, I know you had thought that it might be an, another ice planet, Gary, but it turns out it was. Well, yeah, Antarctica. I thought they would fight the fight Brawley in a different yeah. planet. Yeah, no, me too. But no, they they fight him in Antarctica basically. And Bulma's Bulma's wish was she wanted to be five years younger, not ten years <laughs> younger, not eternally youthful. It has to be subtle so people don't think she has a plastic surgeon. The the extreme vanity that Bulma always oozes is there, and I love it, because we're just like, oh my god, are you fucking serious? Are you that vain, you Dragon Balls? Well, well which which great, because, because she specifically mentions you saying yeah. don't need to worry about it, <laughs> yeah. they don't age. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's just, it's such a vain wish. And then we see Free. he wants to be five centimeters taller. And it, it, it can't be anymore, he can't just go into his second form, he needs to be in his final form five centimeters taller, in order to really show his presence. But it can only be five centimeters and no, because then people would wonder if he got surgery. Him and Boma have the same fucking wish. It's this vain... Just the, the, there's no point to it other than pure, pure vanity. And I fucking love it because that comparison between Bulma and Frieza tie, ties into what you're saying, is that, is that there is st- old Frieza is still there. And he could absolutely dominate the universe if he could overcome this and not just want to go back to his old ways. He even said at the end of the Tournament of Power, he's like, I'm going back to my old way. I have no intention of ending my evil. And that's what he wants to do. He wants to run around the universe playing Conqueror. And, and enough, he doesn't give a shit. And at the end, he thought he, he found Rolly, made the mistake... And that's why at the end, he's like, I, one day I'm going to come back for this planet. Like, I'm just, I'm pissed that I lost. And so he leaves, and then we see, you know, him still going on, being emperor and conquering a new world. And, you know, well, what are you going to do about Broly? Well, one day I'm going to make him my, you know, my greatest warrior. Whatever. Like, he's, he is still big-sided, but old Frieza is still there. Now, I don't, I agree with you. The, the character growth thing was a little disappointing in that regard. But I was entertained by it. I, I'm not actually sad about how Frieza was portrayed in this, in this movie because, like I said, it worked. And I only think it's going to work in this movie because if they keep doing that with Frieza, then, it, then it's going to get old and it's not going to be as good. I, I, it worked for this one for me. Um, mm. But we'll, we'll have to see what the future holds on it, but I just love, Frieza's still vain, 
he's still a vain, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte little man syndrome thing, but he's wiser. He knew to back off this time. Remember in, in the first Nam Namek saga, he did not back off of Goku because he absolutely could not stand the thought of losing. He's like, I'm Frieza, I can't lose. This one, he backed off. He's like, all right, Gogeta just beat Broly. And even though I want revenge on those two traitors, Chilai and I think the guy's name was Lamo, um, for, for messing in my plans, if I shoot them here, he's going to kill me again. I'm going to back off. So there is some character growth in that regard, and that he's not just going to be stupid about this with Goku and Vegeta anymore. He's, he realizes he can't be. I think this whole outing for him was more of just something fun to do. When he, when he came across Broly and his power level, that he, you know, he gets his evil smirk through his ideas, and he doesn't think things through, but at least this time he knew to back off instead of just Gogeta just fucking killing him again. <laughs> so, so I don't know. In, in, in my eyes there, it worked. And Broly, Broly, I thought, worked well for this because, not just because of the fan service, because we all wanted him in, but the way that they now keep him alive. I, I think that them not killing, and this is a spoiler cast, so I will tell you, it is, he is alive, he does live at the end of it. The wish that Chilai and Lamo make from Shenron is to get Broly, to warp him back to his own planet right before Gogeta delivers that final Kamehameha. That's something that I'm so happy that they're, that they're doing instead of like introducing such an awesome character and then just killing him off in the first in the first movie. I just... I, I don't like when they do that to good characters, and this time we're finally getting that continuance uh, and this, this end of a, of a you know, age-old grudge. We don't, we don't, we're not going to get Broly just freaking out berserk mode anymore. Like, we actually have the chance to see Broly grow as, uh, as a Saiyan and as a character now, and I'm excited for that. I'm really excited for that now. Tim, you've been really quiet. Are you angry with my opinion of Frieza's portrayal? Not angry. Um, okay. Please tell I think, us. This I think you've missed match. a few things okay. when it comes to Frieza. Um, one in particular is you talking about his character growth at the end of the tournament. He didn't really grow. He was at the end of his rope. And on the ropes, and like on top of that, he was backed into a corner. On top of that, it was this like it was like the 20th, it was like the 11th hour, 59 minutes, 59 seconds, like right there. And knowing that he had no other choice, that he could no longer betray his team, that he had to fight with it, that was the only reason. There was no character growth for Frieza there. And saying that he is anything else but Frieza is kind of demeaning to his character, in my opinion, for sure. Because it's always been there. And he got into the team just to be the winner and undermine his own team to do it. But once he was just so, so, so far backed up, he realized that he couldn't do it on his own. And he accepted it. Not just realizing it, but he accepted it. It wasn't like a turn of phrase and it wasn't a, you know, like a, a comeuppance moment for him. And it wasn't a, um, an enlightened moment either for him. It was just, I need to survive. So this is the only way to do it. There was no like, oh, Goku really isn't that bad. He enjoys that Joker Batman thing, right? But it's not, the, it's not in the sense that 
he wants Goku alive. He wants to stay alive, and he wants to beat him. He wants to be the one to do it. There's hubris all over the place on him, and it that carries over into the show, into this movie. It carries over like beautifully, in fact. And, and him wanting to trigger Broly's Super Saiyan move is just history repeating itself because stupidity is a stupidity does. Like It's not a smart decision, but it's his means to the ends. And he knew what it would bring, but he did it anyway because he knew what it would bring, thinking that it would benefit him. But it didn't. And I think he stuck with it for so long just because it's a situation where, unlike with the tournament arc, he could just blow up the planet and Broly would be dead. He wouldn't have to beat Broly. Broly needs oxygen. If he just blows up Earth, and he'd have no qualms with it. Goku and Vegeta were gone. Mm-hmm. If he really needed to, he could just blow up Earth, and Broly would be dead. And Vegeta and Goku weren't ready, but he, he didn't, because he didn't think that it was that far along. Because he's that... He, he needs to be at that precipice to have a decision made for him. Like, a, a sense of a common sense for him to be accepting because he's a con artist and a trickster and that kind of, he's that guy. And he uh, oftentimes plays against himself with that kind of hubris. And that's his character. And that's what made his character so endearing and interesting is because he's as self-defeating as he is a bastard. And it plays well in here. Plus I gotta, I gotta say after watching him destroy planet vegeta and do all of his shit all over again it was so 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 gratifying to see broly beat the shit out of him for an hour yes <laughs> well, I, I wish see i wish they would have actually shown more of him beating the crap like all we got was cuts of frieza in pain we didn't actually see the, the, the physical ass kicking he was getting. i wish they would have shown more of that because it just I, cut it's like they fail yeah. the fusion, and it cut to freeze. It's like, oh, I'm getting my ass kicked, and then it come back to them. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that they didn't put a lot of time into the actual fusions, though, because that would have just gotten redundant. And I think the the attention for that with with Freeze's end of thing was a similar thing. Like you have that juxtaposition between the two uh, going on at the same time. You have the fail here, and you have the fail here, and it's just a comic relief. And I in that that comic relief throughout the show actually is the part that kind of like degraded the progress for me. I was like I I mean I can appreciate you know comic relief and shit but like it, up in between the the beginning of the second act until when they start trying to do the fusions it's very tense. Even with you know like the the few jokes here and there it's still very tense. And I love that tension and once they started doing the fusions it broke that tension. And it was really just a sign that there was nothing to worry about at that point. You really, you know, we all knew that it wasn't going to be because these games are, these movies are fairly, you know, predictable. Yeah. Goku and Vegeta are never going to lose, and you know, things like that. But it was that break in tension that is like, oh, okay, this is just going to be a coast to the end. There wasn't that that sense of that they didn't carry that in. And one thing that I liked about this movie is that once the fighting started, there was that. There was what you know that 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 power scale that really makes shonen a really cool and addicting sort of medium. Like it just kept going and going and going and going, and it was great in that sense. And like you know, just there's this power level here, power level there, this this this. And right around the time I started to get desensitized by it, it was was when it was done. 
And that was really nice, but at the same time, the tension was cut well before that ending, before that, you know, that, that adrenaline rush stopped. And I was missing that ride at the end. Because, you know, up until Broly and Vegeta started fighting, until they tried to do the fusion, it was all pure, uh, pure progression and pure tension. But then they tried to do the fusion, and it just kind of broke the tension. It was still, you know, the power scale and things, but it just didn't have that, that, that compound building on it. And it, it started, it didn't, I don't want to say it took away from the ending, because it was still satisfying to see Gogeta do whatever the shit he wanted and break realms and stuff. That was awesome. Um, but, um, yeah. Gogeta and, won too easy. Yeah, um, but in, on <laughs> I that note, I'm... talk about that in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want to hear and, what you have to say about it. And I am really glad, because I, I mean, it was going to be that anyway, you know, like, he's just that, he's just that powerful. And I'm glad that they wished Broly away, because that would have ended him. And... Yep. And even though it was gonna, it was going to be that you know that one hit KO at the end, like it it always is. Um, it didn't happen, yep. which I really appreciate. Yes. And um, uh, like that all played into that that part in when Goku first went God, and he kind of like bound Broly for a bit. I loved that moment because all the music stopped. Like you still had them like engaged, and this energy still built up between them. But Goku's trying to empathize with him and trying to break him out of his uh, out of his berserk. Mm-hmm. And it's really just this cool moment because you know, even though Goku knows very little about him, he knows that this guy is still you know much like him in that sense. Like it, he he loves the pursuit of power, but he's not Frieza. Yeah, in that sense, like he's not, yeah, he's just blind. Like he's and he's already seen someone like this in Kale, right? Like so, it's not you know, it's not like a, a stretch for him. He's seen this, mm-hmm. and in, Goku's always finding the best in people, and that's why he's never killed Frieza because he knows there could be something there, and he maybe he's just delusional thinking because he's Goku. And most um, of Goku's friends now were former enemies. Yeah, he's seen that multiple times. That's just the effect that he has on on people. And I don't, I just, I, I love that. And that really, I don't know, that put like a level of potency in them not killing Broly. Cause I, I don't know, like it seemed like Gogeta was just blind to beating him, right? Killing him. Cause that would have been it. Like that attack would have been it. Yeah. And um, like that alone kind of makes me feel uncomfortable with how the show ended, you know, because he went to visit him. And, like, I get Goku wants that, but he, like, why would he participate in delivering the death blow and then want to, you know, I, I think be that super it's, best friends? I think that they're still going along with the idea that Gogeta is still a fusion of Goku and Vegeta. It's not both of them individually. It's more of how they act together when they're fused. They fuck around a lot, but they're brilliant fighters, but Vegeta's not... Vegeta's willing to kill. He's always oh, been yeah. willing to kill. He's the, he doesn't hold back. Like, if you're his enemy, he will do everything he can to kill you. So I think that's kind of why it was like... He had really no other choice at the time. He, he had to stop Broly and stop all of this. They fused for that reason, and he only had a half hour to so he had to put a stop to it as soon as possible and finish everything up. So I think 
<clears throat> it was more like he had to do what he had to do at the time. Yeah. Since it turned out better, he's like, that's why Goku went and Vegeta didn't. You know? Because <laughs> it's oh, yeah. Goku. Goku wants to reach well, out to Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that final line in the show, I was just, aw. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I was so loud when I did it, too. Aww. <laughs> it was in the show, and you know, we were in the theater, and it cuts out, and I'm like, aw. I'm, like, I'm in the theater filled with, <laughs> with adolescent Every, teenagers. Everybody looks at you. <laughs> I feel, well, I'm sitting there with Crystal, and we're in the theater, you know, filled with, you know, prepubescent adolescents, and I just go, aw. And you <laughs> just feel eyes staring at me. <laughs> oh, it's so great. You can call me Kakarot. But Broly, you can call me Kakarot. Aw. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I want to say one last thing, too. Before, before Gary gets to his Gogeta point, I want to I start that by saying that <laughs> I, I feel you 100%. I still don't know how I feel about Gogeta being in here, but I, as far as power levels go and that thing, there was a brief instance where when Goku was trying to go Super Saiyan God, oh, his, yeah. hair, his hair turns white for an instant. And I, I didn't realize it at first, um, but I, I don't know. This pretty much puts power levels at like Ultra Instinct Goku and Jiren, and then right underneath that is Broly. Mm-hmm. But where does that put Gogeta? Could Gogeta is Gogeta powerful enough to Jiren now? Oh, or easily, yeah, easily. I, I mean, I mean, yeah. This is this is what I'm like. It kind of bothered me that there beyond that little flash of power, there was no mention of Ultra Instinct in it at all. I think I there, there's a lot of things that. I felt needed mentioning that wasn't mentioned. And but please continue your point. Oh no, that that that's pretty much where I wanted to where I wanted to get because like my feelings about Gogeta right now are mixed, and I know that yours are mixed too, Gary. I I liked him. I didn't like how it was handled. I didn't like really how that they they like you said, Tim. They were kind of leading up to the one hit, the big one hit KO. It was nice that they did something different, but that. That still felt the same. I didn't mind that the humor was in there so much because that still felt like old Dragon Ball. That humor was still there, and that was nice. Definitely not as funny as Battle of the Gods. But I, I don't know. It didn't, it didn't really ruin that so much for me. Gogeta himself kind of ruined the, everything that they tried to build up with the Tournament of Power more than anything else for me in the movie. And that was my only real gripe is just kind of how it was. I knew it wasn't going to be handled great, they handled it better than I thought they would, but it still was kind of a letdown. Hmm. Me personally, well, I know you you wanted to talk about it too. Yeah, know. um, I I still strongly feel right now, even after watching it, that reviewing Gogeta was a huge mistake because it already told you how they were going to be. Like you can. Imagine other things, but you knew that Gogeta was going to be the essential ingredient. And I feel <laughs> like showing him in this movie or in the trailers or any promotional art, I think really spoiled it. It did. And to me, with Gogeta, it's, 
it's weird because in this movie, they essentially just proven that the fusion dance is more powerful than the Batara. Um, and that wasn't the case in Z. <laughs> the Batara was more powerful. It wasn't and the I case think... in Super either because uh, we saw Vegito in Super. And, yeah, he, and he could go toe-to-toe with a god. No yeah, and, and, and they mentioned, you know, the fact that, oh, we don't have Patara, so this is the only fusion we can do. But the big difference that they didn't mention was that they only lasted, what, like a minute or two with Patara? But with the fusion dance, apparently it does not matter how powerful you are. You're getting 30 minutes. No matter what. So, Which completely throws out GT's whole super well, GT's never canon. 15 minutes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, well, Gogeta GT is not canon, so... I, I know, I know, I know. I'm just mentioning but, it. But like you said, like, Fusion apparently is deemed worthy enough to use to stop Brawly, who's only threatening essentially one planet, but not deemed worthy enough to stop Jiren and save the entire universe? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, though, why, why couldn't... Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe that's it. Maybe that's exactly why Ultimate Think Goku didn't work out, because Broly isn't as powerful as Jiren. So he, or, or even Kefla, because Kefla and Jiren were the only two that ever pushed Goku to use Ultra Instinct. So maybe Gogeta isn't as powerful. But Gogeta Maybe. could beat, I don't beat, beat Jiren too. I, see, it throws the whole power level thing out, out of whack. And I know it, it wasn't does. that it solid does. to begin with, but it's just kind of like, okay. You're still, they're still doing the inconsistency thing, and I don't think that's something that Dragon Ball is ever going to free themselves of. Despite how good this movie was, it, it's, still, it's still suffering from its own you know, drawbacks in that, in that universe. As, as far as the one-hit thing goes... Um, I actually have to disagree with you guys because even though he didn't beat him in one hit, he technically did because after they fused, Brawly didn't stand a single chance. Like he did not land a single blow, and to me, that is essentially beating him in one hit because that entire fight was one way, and you knew what the way it was going to end because. I think it's dumb in a way that Brawly essentially reached his peak power at that point, or at least in this movie, after Perigus was killed. Um, and I feel like his rage should have grown even higher and at least allowed him to, to you know, go toe-to-toe with Gogeta. Unless I missed it somehow, he, didn't, he wasn't really able to do much against Gogeta. And... Yeah, not not from what I saw. But he when Paragus died, he went legendary. And yeah, then when the, when and they when they fought so hard, they basically split the dimensional bonds, went into this weird kaleidoscope dimension. Which is something but, I also want to mention. Um, I don't get it simply because Goku and Beerus did this in Battle of the Gods, and Whis interjected immediately to stop the fight because they were going to destroy the entire universe doing it. It's essentially I, what's happening when two destroyers fight each other. Can, I, can, I, can I try to justify it? it? <laughs> Please do. <laughs> it's I, fucking I just, awesome. 
<laughs> I want to, well, yeah, that too, but I just want to justify it by, like, I would think that the destructive energy from an actual god of destruction would be different than, say, these two, these two Saiyans fighting. Um, they may be able to, they may be able to break through a dimensional barrier, barrier which, which I want to point out that Legendary Broly didn't actually look like Super Saiyan Legendary Broly until after they went in there and, like, his rips off. Yeah. And then that then that's where we get the glimpse of like old school Broly really briefly, but I think he was already super uh, legendary and he was already fighting at full power um, by the time that they fused. And so yeah, he was. I mean, I know Broly's legendary, but they still have to keep the one rule of stamina into account. And for as much as long as he's going, maybe that kind of is something we can take into account that he was fighting already at that at that power level for over two hours. And Gogeta is freshly fused, so maybe that too can play into it a little bit. But it, that, again, that's that's kind of the Dragon Ball curse: is that they it never really say it outright. They, so they seem to forget a lot of things they set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, to me, these are small things, but to me, they they kind of affect the overall story because I am a massive fan. You know, I'm a massive fan. Oh yeah, we all but are. <laughs> not in any way, shape, or form mentioning that Beerus ordered the destruction of Planet Vegeta, I think, it personally, really irritated me. Because it's, again, something that they told us he did, but they're still not really making it a big deal. To me, it's a huge deal. Maybe and it should be it. a huge deal. Maybe they are they saving are. it for a big, like, big rematch between Beerus and Goku now that he's like reached this, reached this power. You know, Goku's... We've already seen that he's learning how to fight on the level of the angel. Because Broly attacked Whis and didn't land a hit. No, <laughs> he that didn't. Was, that was and cool. <laughs> it was cool. But I wish Whis would have landed at least. Like, I understand not interfering in these types of maps. But when somebody is attacking you, I would think that, you know, I think it would have been a cool moment if Whis just, like, slaps Broly and, like, uh-huh. sends him flying. Across just, the like a, just to uh, show uh, you just how powerful <laughs> Whis really is. Yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or stopping the hit with his finger or something. I don't know. Anything. Well, yeah, no. I, I, I think that was what's great about Whis. Like, he... Okay, Whis is my spirit animal. Just saying. And... <laughs> I, I I loved it. Like he was like being attacked. But he's like, oh wow, oh. Oh, you almost had me that time. Well, that's what I mean. He's like I think fun. he's that that powerful. Like he doesn't even need to stop. He's just messing with Broly, even though Broly is this crazy fuck off unmovable unmo- object, unstoppable force. All of it. Like he's just like, oh whatever. Because oh. he he, why- he didn't interfere because he wants to push Goku and Vegeta to that god level all the time. Yeah, so, and like and he knew what, what was going to on. Him? Like and what yeah. is what is this to him? Like he's there's still gods and like he's he's above a, a god really. A mm-hmm. god of destruction. Honestly, I, I don't even want to know where he is because he's just gonna be, you know, galactical power. It's just insane. Yeah. But yeah, you know, like, what does that mean to him? Like if somebody who can do whatever the hell he wants with any universe wherever and he's seen destruction, whatever, what you know, this is Earth to him is basically just a, a you know, like a, a one of those Vacation food vendors, spot, like yeah, a food vendor. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. But they have him and him and Beerus have taken a strong liking go to Goku and Vegeta and the whole family, and we see that because Bulma. <laughs> and this was an insane move. Letting Bulma Beerus babysit. Bulma, yes. 
Are you fucking kidding me? You're letting God of Destruction, known for his short temper, destroys planets for the slightest, uh, you, you know, it, you know, in uh, what's the word? In subordination. Yeah. And he's babysitting Bola. But look at that though, like. I demand L.R. Boa oh. and Beerus right now. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Beyond adorable. Dude. I love Beerus so much. Like, Weiss is your spirit animal, Tim. Beerus is mine. I have loved this character. So, so you're telling me that we're meant for each other. We're meant for each other. Yeah, you're, you're I've been saying this all along, but you're like, nope. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> and you're like, nope. And I'm like, come on. And you're like, nope. Now, now you know how Gary feels. Has felt and, it took, and it took this movie for you to be like, yep, okay. Oh my god, I just I love I love Beerus so much. And again, to see his character both that he he like actually he, I would say he loves Goku and the and this this new family he's found on Earth so much that he's actually like Oh, he's like a new Vegeta. Oh. Yeah, he wants to help in his own way. It's basically like Whis has taken on the training of Goku and Vegeta. We got a great joke out of it, by the way. Oh my god. Oh, you're, are you coming for my job, Goku? <laughs> Lay around. <laughs> but it's, I just this movie did so much for me, despite its flaws. And I, I, I love that we got oh, to see said, Super Saiyan God Vegeta, red yes. red hair Vegeta for the first time. I, I thought that I was awesome. Can I just say, I was so happy to see Vegeta get the limelight in this fight for a okay. lot of it, actually. Mm-hmm. But then, once Goku took over, Vegeta just turned into a tool. Yeah, and that's that's yeah. another thing that just bothers me. It's like they're taking their turns. Like we're not seeing what's going on with Vegeta. What what is what are they doing? He's it's like not like around. it's not like they tagged in. It's like go help him. You know you can't be. You know you, you can see if you can do it. Goku can do it. Why are you still fighting, Zepro? And. You know, it, 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 it's always bothering me. I, see, I mentioned, you know that, this, I mentioned this that before, too. Yeah, that the entire, the entire series, Goku and Vegeta are like, no, we can work together. No, my Saiyan pride is too much to work together. And so the fusion makes no sense. But they, I, they tried to save that point by we saying that one line when Gogeta appears in front of me. He's like, oh, look, you two are finally working together. Like, okay, okay, you're... You did it, but... but but they're not working together. They just no, they became one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, some of the other things I wanted to mention, and it's just small things that essentially bother me, is mm-hmm. when when they say that they never felt the power like Brawl is, and I'm like, you kind of did. Her name was Kale, mm-hmm. and she wrecked your ass in one move. <laughs> 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 like, how have you not felt this power? Um, and and the other one for me is as much as I loved his progression of this rage that he went through, I think its representation could have been done. Well, like, they're going to be covering this in the new arc, right? Like in the, when Super comes back? That's what's rumored, yeah. So, so like, it's going to be Frieza like kills Paragus. Yeah, like when Frieza kills Paragus, he's like, oh, look, a stray shot killed him. And he just like starts flipping out and his head starts out. That was... Not a good moment. <laughs> yeah, like there the- wasn't <laughs> that moment where go like in the Frieza saga when Krillin dies and you see you know Goku just snap and transform. This is like oh I'm so angry and then he just explodes. And well, he was already angry anyway, so it doesn't take much. Like I feel like anybody could have just like poked his butt and then he would have been pissed. They did it. <laughs> 
They did like, a I just think, good job I just think it wasn't represented very well. Like it's yeah, one of those things where right. I said where they, I feel like a lot of the second half was rushed. Like especially with the fusion thing. Like did they really think Frieza was just gonna last an hour as they try to get this fusion dance correctly yeah, done? He's, he's tech <laughs> Frieza, yeah. dude. He's tech Frieza. Yeah, I was fucking crazy. Actually, I think he's uh, I think he's the agility Frieza because he tanks way better. Present for you, Frieza. What? <laughs> <laughs> the way they do it is so great, though, because they they like Broly's chasing them around, and they just come up on that ridge over, and they just fly over them and go, yeah, it's present. Yeah, and, 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 right and, and Broly just like ignores them at that point. Like he's like <laughs> he only attacks the first thing they see, which is great. I wish they would have shown how Weez got involved because they never show that. All we saw and we just see Wee's dodging attacks. Like, did Frieza like pull off the same move, <laughs> like, or did he see him, or what happened? Um, with, with what you were saying just a second ago, though, Gary, about like how they're showing his progression, I thought that animation-wise, they did a great job. Like when he's powering up, he looks like he's in pain. He looks like he's being consumed by all of this power, yeah. and his body's just like jerking and retching, and his muscles are flaring, like. The animation, I think, kind of made up for the, 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 the progression, and I think that was the only way they could do it, is that whole show-not-tell thing, because Broly transformed, like, I think four times in the movie, because he had his regular state, and then he had his um, kind of berserk state, like Paragus says, where he has all, these, all the strength and agility of a transformed great ape, but he's, he's the same size, so he's still berserk, and then, like, throughout, he's kind of at that powering up to legendary. Like, he, you know, the, the energy he starts emitting is more. His body starts, like, doing the whole jerking thing more. Yeah, um, when and he's then fighting when, with, when Goku traps him is when he transforms again, I believe. Yes. Mm -hmm. That yes. was such a cool moment. I love and that. And then it the really final was. transformation was with Paragus. Yeah, and then when he transforms, like, you see basically all of the light, like, coming out of... Broly's body, and then just that it was really just that scene you're talking about was actually when he's transformed because it looks like he is in pain, like immense pain, and it worked for me. Like it, the animation helped <laughs> smooth that over. <laughs> that did it for you. That did it for me. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure he definitely got a hernia during. Yeah, <laughs> at least I, at least three. <laughs> I agree with you, Gary, but I think they did really such a good job with the animation of the whole tell thing that it it, it helped. Yep, it, it helped. compensated for a lot. Yeah, yeah, it did. It really yeah, did. I, and I, even I, the 3D was was so well done. It was okay. <laughs> no, I, 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 I think it would have benefited if they did like a flashback moment as he saw his dad dead. Like a flashback moment of a good moment he had with his dad. And seeing that like flashback to know that he actually does care about his dad, even though his dad tortures him. Well, like, I think that's like the, the Saiyan really pride thing him over the edge. Well, that's like the whole Saiyan pride thing. Like, you know, he, you know, Vegeta has a you know connection with his dad, you know, like a sense of like place and pride and status and things. And like, that goes into parent and child relationships as well. It's not necessarily like, Oh look, we're fishing together. Oh look, we have this dog snake thing. This furry snake thing, whatever the hell it was. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily about that. Like, Saiyans are all about combat and being battle-ready and hardened and shit. And, like, the, 
he was the only representative of anything that he knew, and he always felt that that was his best interest, even if it was defeating him all the time and shocking him and everything. And you know, like it's that it's that uh, that sense it's, of indoctrination, even like because he didn't very, know anything else. Yep, Stockholm syndrome is a very complicated relationship those two had. Plus, he's and into shocking, tragic. you know. So. Yeah, well, he's into. <laughs> <laughs> But they gave, see, this is the big thing, is that we finally get a service to Brock. Um, now he's not just a, an insane, raging lunatic. There's, there's a background, there's compassion, there's, there, there's something to this gentle giant now, which is what we've always wanted. And now I'm, and I'm happy with, overall, I'm happy with. I may have even Better than Battle of the Gods, not in the comedy yep. department. Nothing will ever beat Battle of the Gods comedy. <laughs> that, that was just too funny of a movie. But I mean, as far as like the story growth, the the progression of the character growth, how everybody acted, the voice acting, kud- kud- really good job. Kudos to the voice actor for Frieza in this one. He did, did excellent. Whoever it was did an act. I didn't look. I know you guys probably know where to look up. I'm too lazy to see it right now. But uh, he's, just, uh, he's the same guy who's. Doing is it the movie. same guy? I thought that he had retired no, before this movie. Uh no, he got sick. Yeah. Uh, uh but apparently he's he's doing better. So oh, that's I, believe good. I believe it's the same guy. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's good to hear. Even better. Yeah. Phenomenal voice acting work. Phenomenal music. Well, okay, okay. The, I won't say phenomenal <laughs> music. The, go 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 <laughs> to your time. Go to draw. Like that was bad. But overall, yeah. I I would give this movie an eight personally. Maybe even an eight point five. I really loved it. I really oh, really shit. loved it. Eight point five. Oh. <laughs> That's maximum. It's almost. That's over nine. Almost over I, nine. I won't. I won't give it a battle of the gods. Is is well, like it's at a nine for me, strictly because of the comedy. This one is like right up there with battle of the gods. Almost a nine. I'll, I'll, I'll go eight point five. Almost. Mm. Yeah, this is my second favorite Dragon Ball movie. Just mm. just behind the Dead Zone. Dead Zone will always be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I dude, <laughs> I love the Dead Zone so much, dude. It does so many things Dead right. Dead Zone was hilarious, man. Oh, such a good um, movie. I, I, I'm with you. I would give this movie an eight. Yeah. Um, out of the three super movies, um, and it's no indication of this movie because it is a great movie, but it it is my third favorite one. Nah, this behind, is my first. This is my first of the super movies. Behind Resurrection F, really? I thought it was way better. No, Battle of the Gods, Resurrection F, and then Resurrection F, because it brought back my favorite villain, and I love the animation in Resurrection. Your fanboy is showing. Oh my god. <laughs> 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 to, to be fair, the Resurrection F movie was better than the Resurrection F arc in Super. Hashtag, oh my god, hashtag. Thank you. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll, I'll stand with you on that one, but I, I, yeah, I liked Broly a little bit better than Resurrection um, F. Uh, I, I did want to say one more thing. Um, I think, and this is a hypothesis, well, um, well, two things, actually. I think having Broly now in this universe, technically a good guy now. Uh, uh, I'd say wild neutral, card. Neutral party, wild card, well, yeah. Wild card, Anti-hero. yeah. Anti-hero. <laughs> it makes Universe 7 severely overpowered. Woohoo! <laughs> it just means that they can give Universe 6 something just stupid now. 
Well, Universe 6 has Kale. So they had to give the equivalent of Kale here, so... Next tournament of power, the cla- the, the fight of the millennia. Kale <laughs> Berserk Kale versus Berserk Broly. Let's see this happen at the next tournament of power. <laughs> and and the last thing I want to say is the, the weird dimension that they break into when they're fighting, I personally believe that is the demon dimension. I think that's where the demons lie. I think that's where Deborah's from, where Boo is from, and I think that's why Whis and the other angels fear that dimension. Is because I believe, I think we all know at this point that the demon dimension houses some uber powerful fucking characters. And I think, well, Deborah isn't as much powerful now, even though he was the king of the demons, but I believe that the demons should be the next arc, the next big arc going for And I think they need to show why the angels don't want people to go to can I Can I mention that this isn't the first time either that we've seen a clash so powerful split the dimensional barrier? Um, in GT Baby... Uh, Ew, don't. Not canon, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I just had to mention it because it, 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 it did happen. Get that crap out of here. (laughs) That's what I think. Um, I I like it. I am am curious and I am hoping much greater um, things as the uh, series goes on. I I should also mention that the new character that's in the manga, the the goat-looking guy, the arc that they're going into, um, they have now confirmed that his power is he devours god energy. Um, That is how he... That is how he takes away the god's power of Goku and Vegeta. So Super Saiyan 3 is essentially going to be their last transformation. Um, going into whatever this arc is. Uh, Beerus uh, can't go toe-to-toe with him because he will destroy Beerus instantly. Because he uses god powers. So he's essentially Lucifer. And he's the anti <laughs> Very interesting. So- He's going to be a very interesting character going into this arc and what, what happens there. So, Yeah. I think that's, that's Brawly. Done and done. I, I've got nothing more to say for Then go see it if you haven't. If you're listening to this yeah. podcast then you haven't. Yeah. Nothing left for you, Tim? Um, I was going to go on like a Digimon tangent, but it would make sense and I just don't, I don't know if I really want to anymore. <laughs> you just said it would make sense, so make it make sense. Well, you know how with the first Digimon movie, it had it was in two parts. You know, you had the the original kids, and then you had like the new group, and like the the cause of the first one was the effect in the third one, or in the second in the second part. Like the the formation of that movie, the the first Digimon movie, is a lot like what they did with Broly. Is like you get this like beginning part, and then the the effects of that carry on into the present, and the kind of structure on that is why they did it, and I I think it really works in an anime sense, because you get kind of a, uh, instead of having, like, a full, like, hour and a half, two-hour experience all in one, you have increments. You have kind of, like, almost episodic, where you have, like, this section, okay, um, that is this, and you have this, okay, and then they all combine into this piece at the end, much like how an anime would, so they just kind of, like, condensed it from anime form into a movie, but kept the kind of formatting, and I think it works really well in that environment. Uh, while still being a cohesive beginning to end, and yeah, 
Yeah. I think they did a good job with that. I agree. That's actually a really good summation. <laughs> I would also like to add uh, Brawley no. in the black spandex shirt was the hottest version of that Brawley. Breach! <laughs> yes. <laughs> he never should have taken that thing off. <laughs> he, didn't ha- he didn't take it off. It just came off because he was so ripped. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could flex and just tear off my shirt. Oh, I, would lo- hey. I would like to see that. I need to get a like a child shirt and put it on. It'd be kind of <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my god, don't. Um, no, did, Chris, did you yes. see that video of Rhyme Styles? This is relevant. Did you see that video of Rhyme Styles recently when he finally pulled the Gogeta card? I did not. Did you? Okay. Yeah, like Ben showed it to us, and when Rhyme finally pulled it on screen, like you know, he's like, he's a YouTuber on screen. He ripped his shirt off. Like he just ripped it open. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> and he ran away in excitement. It was amazing. So he was just like doing a Broly impression, I think. And then, he was and then teasing he us without telling us. And then he regretted tearing his shirt right away because it was his favorite shirt. <laughs> but he had done it with it beforehand again, so he had to get another one again. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. It was the end of the shirt's life to make way for the, the uh, Gogeta pull. Hashtag deep. <laughs> I, I just want to say one last thing, too. She lies, best girl. Oh my god, breach. Yes. Should we let Ben back in? Yeah, may as well. Okay, I'm letting him know. Let's try to make like a, a fake spoiler. Let's try to make a fake spoiler, like. And that's when. And Bill that's and how Vegeta died. And that's how <laughs> Krillin defeated Broly. And that's how Krillin oh. defeated Broly. <laughs> And became the oh, all, all he did was get up in in in, in Brawley's face, solar flared him right away, and then pulled out a destructive disc and cut off his head. No, he just went up to said, Strowing "Look, him. this is my wife." And Brawley said, "Oh goddamn, can't beat that." <laughs> oh, oh goddamn! Yes, <laughs> man. All I had was a weird snake dog. Uh, <laughs> and that's oh, how no. Dragon Ball Super Brawley movie ends. <laughs> The never-ending joke. Ding. <laughs> Welcome back, Ben. We had a fun discussion. Tim I'm hated sure me. You did. He screamed at me. He yelled at me. But we're uh, still good. I, yeah, I think that's the important thing, Gary, <laughs> is that even though you really don't understand Frieza like you think you do, I think I still respect you. Okay. Freeze, 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 freeze. All, all, that, all that mattered for the foot fetish people out there is that we get to see in that I can guarantee you, so go see it if that's your thing. Just so you know, okay. Tim, I-, I was going to rebuttal what you were saying, but I felt like we should talk about Brawley rather than Frieza. <laughs> but Frieza was in there. Why not talk about it? Because we're taking too much time talking about Frieza in the first place. God one. damn it. Ben, but leave isn't... again so Gary can make his point. <laughs> <laughs> nope, it's too late. It's pretty crap. I am back now, and we're going to end the podcast here because it's been so Okey. long. That's Have a good said. week, everyone, and well, I'll discuss Dragon Ball next week. Woo! Yeah, you will, baby. Freezer, 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 freezer. Go, freezer, go, freezer. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, anyway, <laughs> dragon, dragon, rock the dragon, rock the next dragon ball. Rock the dragon again. <laughs> <laughs> Bye!